are listening to the Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for our special VIP tier. More on that later. Um, you know, many of us have been there in the store holding a game. This is back when we bought more physical copies, but <laughs> nonetheless, many of us have been there in the store holding a game, a game that teeters on the fence with us, you know, a game that we're kind of interested in. What makes us want to swipe left or right, so to speak, on the games that we choose? Mood? Life situations? Reviews? More importantly, what are some games we missed out on? that we end up going back on and really, really enjoying. That is the topic of the show this week, inspired by one of our longtime patrons, the Cosmic, uh, Cosmic Pop-Tart, good friend of ours, and a poll we did this week on the Instagram about Hollow Knight. So it seemed like the perfect show, like just fate. Everything was coming together. Um, Hollow Knight is a game that fits, you know, that exact same description that I described. And uh, we'll discuss the Dark Soulsian Metroidvania that uh, is still very popular. I just saw today it was like number 17 on the Switch store still. Um, so that game is still very popular and there's still a lot of real, uh, of interest there. And it's a great game. Uh, now that Shay has also returned to Japan, um, it's a game he's been playing quite a bit, so we didn't want to leave him out of that discussion. Speaking of which, we have an update on all the games Shay played while he visited me in the States. Uh, most of those games fit in some of our fun Instagram polls this week. Polls voted by you, such as Spyro Trilogy vs. The Crash Bandicoot Trilogy. Game of Thrones, the return of the most epic nudity. PlayStation VR hitting its stride, kind of? Astrobot, Moss, Thumper, and more. And, and we have more of our silly uh, Super, Super Smash Brothers character battle polls that we've been running on the Instagram as well. Uh, it's going to be an epic show. You don't want to miss a moment. Um, but as I alluded to in the intro, you know, with the old Tinder joke swiping left and right on, on the games that we choose. Uh, speaking of which... Uh, intros, Fish is here from Texas, the Filipino Johnny Depp. Uh, we use our super like on Fish every time. Um, Fish, how are you doing today? Mm, the super like, huh? Have I've you... never got one of those. <laughs> no, mm. me neither. <laughs> what would it feel like to, to get a super I wonder, like, when you get a super like, do you think the response from the person is like, yes, or like, oh, that's too much, too much? Uh, I think it's, I don't know. To be honest, like I don't, I don't super like any women. Really, you never use that yeah. super like? I don't believe no. you. you're lying to me. Look me in the well, eye. And tell me you've never super well, liked anyone. Some of the women might think that that's just too creepy. That they're somebody's just like so wanting to see them that that a regular swipe to the right won't work. A super like has to suffice for their infatuation over their profile. But you didn't no, my question. Have you ever mm -hmm. used a super like? Don't lie to me. Ever. Uh, uh, uh. No. Uh, uh, and you know what? Tinder always like pops it up and says, hey, check out these four matches. You, you super like one of them. And there's a little button at the very bottom where you can say, uh, no, skip. All right. Always skip. All right. All right. Fair enough. I don't believe you, but I'm just going to have to. Take it on the show. Mm -hmm. You're back. Now you went on this mm -hmm. whole rant. Actually, I'm timing the intros this week, so don't worry, Shay. I timed it. I know when we started. I have my intro time quota, so I don't get yelled at later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting meta we now start. that you're mentioning it. <laughs> That's okay. Meta's fun sometimes. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad you're here, Fish. Oh, I would use my super like on you for sure. Okay. Oh, I, I would super like you too. Oh, that's so sweet. Because I'm um, super in love with you. 
Well, now you've pushed it just where I wanted it to go. So <laughs> you can never be too creepy with me. Give me all the super likes you can. <laughs> <laughs> just once I want to get a super like. <sighs> Anyways, uh, that's an interesting thing they put in there. It's almost like a weird sort of game they have. Um, thanks for being here, Fish. Uh, might have another question for you here in a second. Uh, back from his journey from Japan, the one and only Professor Layton is here. Um, the Tinder. Um, savant as we call them I, how about this idea shay i'm thinking we think of a it's a new dating app it's not called tinder it's called sunder and it's fantasy themed all right and whenever you don't want the match a hammer comes down and goes and you actually see their profile picture just shatter into pieces i think it'd be cool like to take it a step further like if they get enough people swiping left that it shatters their whole profile and they have to delete their profile or it's deleted for them. <laughs> You've been that be, That'd be really discouraging <laughs> though, because like if you were, if you were on this app and then it happened to you, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, that would just be yeah. super depressing. Like you're like, Oh yeah, man, I, I don't know these... how we're going to sell a dating app with permadeath. <laughs> I like the idea you that know, the Fire app lies did well for years. Mm-hmm. The app lies to you so you don't feel bad. It's like, oh, there's some sort of issue with your account. I'm sorry, it's not working. But really, you know, you've hit the, you've hit this. What is it? Swipe left is bad, right? Yeah. Or swipe. Yes. Okay. So you've hit the swipe left quota. Like, if a hundred people swipe left on you, like, all right, get this person out of our dating app. They're just dragging it down. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that's sad. That's that's sort of like the weird like world I could see us moving into in a fucked up way. For sure, um, and I to, to answer your previous quandary about the whole uh, super like situation, I can tell you from multiple girls who are my friends who have used it in Japan, uh, and this is anecdotal, so take it with a grain of salt. But they've all told me like super like just immediately tells them nope, not no. interested in this guy because it's creepy. So super like is creepy. Why do they even? If put you it can in the figure that out for yourself. I, well, I think we could, but that's the thing. Like, why? Uh, I don't know. I think I had those moments where, when I was single, where, like, I knew it was creepy, but, like, I couldn't help myself on certain people. I'm like, oh, you're, no, don't, oh, too well, late. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's that's kind of like you imagine when someone super likes, that's the noise they're making. Ugh. And, you know, that's just, yeah. does a girl want to deal with that? But. <sighs> I guess the only question to ask, though, is does it predate the uh, eggplant emoji? Because I, I don't see the point if it doesn't predate the eggplant emoji. Why, why I think the even... eggplant emoji is a little bit more subtle. Mm. Mm. You know, why are they throwing that on their app then? They know it's just killing people. It's almost like a, it's like a trick. It's like a trap door. It's got to work weeding. somewhere. Yeah, it's like that question like some, on... Some, like... Like five thousand populated city in Louisiana somewhere, like super likes are all the rage. So they're like, oh, we're gonna keep it there for that one city. <laughs> oh, Jimbo, Jimbo super liked me. Holy shit! Well, um, we better not do that, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Josh, Josh yeah, is going somewhere. Where are we going no, with that, Josh? It's, it's probably code for something, like some sort of, you know, subculture somewhere in the world. So they probably keep it around. Um. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I I don't know who uses it and is like, yeah, I like I like that. Yeah. Interesting. But have you ever been super liked? It'd feel good. Yes. Um, and I was creeped out. Were you really? 
Yeah, man. that's coming yeah. from our and this resident is back, man. Uh, this is back um, when I first got to Japan, and I was using it. <laughs> to be honest with you, so I haven't used it for a while. But I think the reality with humans, though, if we're being honest, is that if a beautiful person super likes you, it's okay. But a creepy looking person super likes you, and it's bad. I mean, that's just the truth of it, right? I don't. That's something we could say for another conversation. <laughs> I would. I feel strongly because that goes uh, into that goes into a lot, and that goes into a lot, a lot of psychology, and I think that's a whole other conversation that we can't break down in a minute. Uh, Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan. Joshua, you were going somewhere with that. What were you saying about it being like a test question, and then you got interrupted? I want to well, hear where you're going. Yeah, with it. it's it's like the question on uh, interviews for larger companies, asking uh-huh. you your thoughts about shoplifting. Those questions are only there. Not to find out if you know anything about shoplifting, but to find out if you're such a moron that you'd answer yes on that question That's in the true. interview. That's true. Yeah, it's like a, it's just like weeding yeah. out the the weirdos, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, now, now after the podcast, I'm going to dig into the the dark world of super likes mm-hmm. and just all the articles people have written about it. I think they actually let you pay for the ability to buy more super likes, which is. I could be wrong. You know, no, but. I think that's right, though. If if you think the super likes a good idea, and it's, think it's such a good idea that you need more of them, I think we should take their money. It's I'm it's, fine it's with right, anyone yeah. <laughs> taking their money. If you can actually purchase more super likes, hmm. so I mean, those people are just going down a hole of just being creepier and creepier and losing their money. So that's hmm. got to be a real dark path for that human being. They're just creating serial killers, is what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this is how the next serial killer is being formed um that's pretty funny uh, i am general mountain time of course from montana and uh yeah i'm excited about this show i mean the last question i have fish because i have another minute or two left have you ever swiped i was thinking about this in in the context of games that i've had in my mind where i've been interested in it and then like uh, but i'm on the fence like have you ever like swipe left on somebody and then been like later when you got to the end of the stack much like a game we're going to get to in a second here, and you're like, damn it, I shouldn't have swiped left. Maybe I should go, I wish I could go back in time and swipe yeah. right on them. Well, well, there has been a couple, like, but it's yeah. more of like, eventually, when you've been on this app for so long, like, swiping right, you're just, you're swiping right on the first picture, you're not going through the bio, you're not reading all, looking at all the pictures, so, I mean, for the most part, I usually go through all the pictures and take a quick glance at the bio. Um, make sure there's nothing, you know, too weird going on there before I swipe right. Um, but there has been ones where, yeah, I swiped left at, almost accidentally. Oh, and, yeah. And, well, the thing is, though, is those apps allow you to actually, I, I don't know if it's, it's one of them, you can just shake it. Shake your phone, and it'll say, oh, did you want to go back and actually like this person? And you can say yes, and you get, like, one of those a day. So, I have done that a few times. Fair enough. I think we've all been there. I think, like, in a smaller (laughs) area, you're going to run out of that stuff. But, like, in a bigger city, you don't ever run out. And on top of that, right? you can always, like, (laughs) I've definitely seen some people do this. They just delete their profile. Re- recreate their profile <laughs> and start again from scratch. Yeah. You've definitely yeah. seen a few people do that. Mm-hmm. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. 
That could they're, be love. They're like, you didn't get enough of me the first time around? Well, maybe you'll make a mistake and swipe right again. <laughs> uh, that's, that's always uh, awkward to see the same people popping up over and over again. But, you know, in the context of video games, it's tricky because there's so much out there now that we're thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm really interested by games that sort of teeter on the fence of interest, um, where we, like, feel like we might enjoy it, but there's just something that kind of keeps us from pulling the trigger. And uh, which is why I think this is an interesting topic uh, in regards to Hollow Knight, which we're going to talk about later as well. And one big one for me to kind of kick things off that I remember telling you guys about last year was uh, the, that Arkham Knight game. Um, because I, I'm not a big, like, you know, superhero comic book guy. I've just, like, not really been into that in my adult life for whatever reason. And I used to pick up that game in the store and just look at it I'm like, man, this looks really cool. Like, the art direction, like, looks, like, much darker and more futuristic than the past games they've refined everything into this one i didn't really play the first two that much never really got into them but like i just had this feeling that i was gonna like it they were talking about the batmobile which you know right off the bat i was like fuck yeah we'll get it right off the bat um i was like yeah that's that's <laughs> that's right up my alley you know what i mean i'm just i'm sitting there in the store i'm like i think i would like this but i just can't quite commit to it because it's just a little bit out of my my uh comfort zone um and then finally when it went on sale and we played Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a game that I enjoyed, not quite as much as a lot of other people did, but I enjoyed it. I was like, you know what? I enjoyed Spider-Man. Why am I afraid to give this Arkham Knight game a shot? And I did, and it became like one of my favorite games. Like legitimately, that is like one of my probably top hmm. 25 favorite games ever. The ending of that game is fucking wild too. Like I, yeah. it's just so weird. And and I love the Batmobile stuff. Like a lot, I know it's controversial for a lot of people. Josh, as you know, um, a lot of people yeah. just thought. The, they were divided on the Batmobile stuff. I thought it was a lot of fun, but yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed the Batmobile. Like, not I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. I just I wasn't a big fan of the way they paced everything, like because there's a ton of Batmobile stuff in chunks. Like they don't yes, kind of space yeah. it out all that well. Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. And if you're not a big fan of the, because the Batmobile yeah. in those sections becomes more of a tank than like a, mm -hmm. a, t a typical driving section which is fun it's like it's almost like breaking up the regular game with like these five to ten minute like tank mini game things that are kind of interesting yeah um i don't know i i, I generally i just love the feeling of going around the city in the batmobile too and i and but it's a great game it's a great game i think the biggest thing i remember about it is unfortunately because it's a fringe era game uh like early ps4 game they didn't it didn't quite have the visuals down i mean i compare it to a lot of games i'm playing right now that are on PS4 on uh, and and games I'm playing on my Xbox One and it's just like drastically the visuals are like especially the rain effect was a cool idea at the time it just um, when I was playing it on my Xbox One recently it just you can tell it wasn't all quite there um, but it's it's it holds up and it's a, it's a great game so that was the first one that stuck out to me that was like fuck I'm glad I went back and really enjoyed that game because um, I swiped left on it too many times. But my gut was telling me otherwise. So Arkham Knight is a great, I highly recommend it to anyone out there that's on the fence uh, as mm -hmm. well. Josh, what about you when you, uh, when you thought about this topic? What's the first game that came to mind for you? Um, I mean, the first one obviously was Wandersong, but we, I, we talked about that fairly extensively last week. So I didn't really yeah. want to get into it too much. But yeah, that's one that I missed from last year that I've, I've just absolutely loved it this year. Um, finally getting back around to it and, you know. Giving it, giving it some time. Um, it's been great. Um, there was a ton of stuff that I missed on the SNES to back in that generation. Like, I didn't get around to playing all the Final Fantasies when they were 
new, but then eventually came back around to those, and those were just great. Um, like especially finally getting back around to Final Fantasy VI, which is just one of my favorites of the entire entire series. And uh, yeah, just just seeing the way they were able to just get a mood across on that hardware is amazing with the opening cinematics and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a SNES game, but it just, it takes you there so well, so much better than a lot of other games did at the time. Um, and yeah, I just still to this day, some of my favorite final fantasy characters, favorite locations, just absolutely, absolutely love that game so much. And, I'm glad I didn't miss out on it because I didn't want to go back to it or something. Um, yeah. Well, what what do you think caused you to miss out on it initially? Just being too young, or it being a different era, or just not looking interesting to you? Like, what was the original reason why I you didn't really like JRPGs at first? I'm just like, okay, I didn't like the whole idea of it. I'm like, I don't want to go do that. Like, it's looking at a bunch of numbers and. Like, like, what's what's fun about that? Um, just could not give a shit out about shit about that when I was a kid. Um, until oddly enough, Pokemon came out, and all the kids had to have that, and I didn't really think that looked good either. But well, it was Pokemon. We've got to get this. Everyone has Pokemon, and it's the best thing ever. Let's get that. And Pokemon yeah, kind of let me to, realize yeah. that. Oh, okay. I I get what's going on here. I, I, this can be fun. I, I, I understand what they're going for now. Um, and that, like, Pokemon Red and Blue kind of allowed me to go back and eventually play a lot of JRPGs that I just had completely written off. Um, I think me too. I wonder how many people would say that, that Pokemon was like their gateway to... Because I was the same way. I didn't get into Final Fantasy until I played Pokemon hmm. at that time. So I'm pretty sure that was my first one. Because, you know, it's RPG light, so... Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, should do a, I should do a poll on that. Was Pokemon your gateway RPG? I'm going to write yeah. it down before I forget it. Uh, Fisherowski, what about you? Huh? Uh, that, that, in recent uh, years, uh, Journey came out for... It was on the PlayStation Plus for free, and I had missed out on that. And I was like, oh, cool downloaded it and i was like oh that's a game that everybody was talking about and enjoyed back in the day i just never got around to actually going out purchasing it and playing it myself but lo and behold you know years years later it's free on the playstation uh plus store for uh that subscription and uh picked it up and immediately started playing it and it's such a short campaign but oh my gosh i was i was so moved by it i was i was kicking myself for not experiencing it any sooner you know being a part of you know the talk of it and everything whenever it first did come out um and but i it didn't deter from my experience with the game like i absolutely love that small self-contained experience that i got out of it um and was like thoroughly moved by you know, the, the way that that game pans out as far as like you going across on this little uh, journey and eventually coming across another player that um, he, you automatically feel like um, they're they're not an NPC at first. Like you look at him, he's like, is that like a bad guy? Well, no, that looks just like me. Oh, that's the same character as me. And they're, 
doing all this weird stuff it looks like they're trying to get somewhere as well and like you just start journeying together and whoa, whoa, whoa. like can you use the word journey to describe the game journey i feel like we need a moratorium yeah, on that it's a bit redundant <laughs> i know i'm sorry <laughs> on my adventure going up a mountain i don't know um yeah that that ge- that that was one game that um I'm glad that I eventually did play. Um, Which, thankful to the, thank, thankfully, the PlayStation gave you it for free. They were basically like, "Hey, hey, free game for our subscribers." <laughs> right, right, yeah. And whenever it did come out free, um, yeah, a lot of people were talking about it again, and um, a lot of people were also experiencing it for the first time. So, um, yeah, it, it was cool to uh, go through that game, um, even though it was later on down the road whenever it's free on the PlayStation Plus. Um, another game that I missed out when it first came out, but down the road actually ended up playing, was um, San Andreas. Um, and I never really played any of the other um, Grand Theft Autos. Um, I never played 3 or Vice City, but I would constantly hear about those games from friends. I would, I would watch them play the game, but I would just I would never play the game myself. And eventually, like, uh, I think it was you, Morgan, who was like, "Yo, you got to play this game. And like four years after its release, I decided to get it on the PlayStation 2. Um, And this was like back when the 360 was just coming out as well. Um, And played through that game, got all the way up to uh, Las Vegas in that game. But I feel like I thoroughly enjoyed all the time that i actually did put into it like granted some missions in that game are bullshit um but yeah, all those yeah the grand theft auto games so much bullshit in there <laughs> uh, there's so many mini games in that game but uh a lot I, of them I, were, you gotta were give cool credit for trying funny. like hey let's do this yeah. weird helicopter remote, remote control helicopter mission yeah that seems fun until you die seven thousand times mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh, the the RC airplane that you're flying through the air and like you're it's like a Red Baron type of mission where you're just shooting down other RC airplanes for this guy who owns like this weird hobby shop type of thing, um, but for the most part like I really enjoyed like going through the story, going through like these big cities like the mission the the main story missions were all pretty good and um very engaging as far as like what you had to do for the missions and everything and i didn't feel like they were too um too much like uh like the side missions where it was just like kind of bullshitty um the main missions were definitely yeah the fun parts like i still remember like the those first few missions where like you're chasing down people um I think you you're like you end up going through like the sewer system. And yeah, like, that and, they're all chasing you. Yeah, and that yeah. the music's playing. It's like that '90s. Oh, yeah. so some good stuff. Yeah, it, it it was really good, and I was just like, man, I can't believe I missed out on this fucking game. But I I I played through it, and like like I said, I got hella far into that game. I put uh, dozens and dozens of hours into it, and like uh, I was glad that I actually got to enjoy it and like have that in my life and be able to talk about it, you know, later on down the road and um, compare it to you know um, the next iterations of you know Grand Theft Auto or from Rockstar Games. They had they had better voice. They did better work at the time getting high level uh, voice talent and actors. I think at the time, like they had like Samuel mm-hmm. L. Jackson in that game and stuff. And like now yeah. nothing against the new grand theft auto games, but they haven't really had a high end. Now, that's not always a bad thing. Like a lot of the actors in like red dead redemption or unknowns. 
until now too so it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad actors but i remember they were riding high on that series at the time and it was like holy shit samuel jackson's gonna voice a cop and he was just one of the many i forgot the other actors that were in there but there was a lot and it was like a big deal like you'd open up that book and the promotional material like holy shit they got some names like that was when it was that series i think was the most like culturally relevant and and interesting and plus you knew if Mm -hmm. i was recommending to you a 90s gangster game you know that's weird like that's not something i'm gonna recommend (laughs) anyway I don't know. I think you've always liked Gangster's Paradise. Uh, oh, who doesn't like Gangster's Paradise, Fish? <laughs> I swear to God, does anybody in the world not like Gangster's Paradise? By Coolio? No, Science. Josh? You don't know what I'm talking about? I've probably heard it at some point, I'm sure. Why would I give a shit? Well, let's give me another poll. Mm. Coolio, Gangster's I just... <laughs> coolio gangsters well thank you for that fish uh, i could oh. talk with you about day actually blew your load too much because you're not supposed to talk about one game but uh you know that's okay we oh. went off on a tangent and that's fine because we love you we super like you i got a lot i got a lot back yeah he, he had to get in his super like yeah he did i super liked him at the beginning so now he feels all special and, you know i get it mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but shay layton of course has returned to us from japan shay what you got for me on this topic my friend um one of the ones that I, w- I thought of when I heard this topic was actually Heroes of Might and Magic 3, which is a computer game. Uh, I've, I talked about it during the SPT days, not much during uh, the uh, Sword Chomp days, but there's a game that my dad bought when I was growing up called Heroes of Might and Magic 2, and it's this kind of strategy, tactics-style game that came out for the computer. It's a pretty old game now. And him and I would just play it, and I would watch him play it. And it was a really fun game. And you kind of have, like, a board set up of different char- like different characters, um, like, units that you basically fight an enemy with. And it's a very, it's a very kind of, like, political campaign-heavy type of game. And I never ended up playing three, except one time at a friend's house, like, years ago. And then on a whim, I went to GOG.com, and they had it on sale for, like, super cheap. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about these games, this series. So I was like, all right, I'll buy three. And I bought it, and I ended up really loving it. I thought I was going to hate it, because I love two's art style, but three's, um, like, they had a lot, in three, they had a lot more going on. So it kind of made it an obvious successor. I didn't think it looked as good, but they just had a lot more content in it. It was really fun. And I got so into it for a little while there. This was a few years back that I had my dad end up buying it when I was in Australia. And once in a while, um, him and I would play it online together. We would play like campaigns together and stuff like that. And you had to download a specific uh, program in order to do that. So I got into that for a little while. And... um, those games always kind of hold a special place in my heart. Um, do I think they're necessarily great games? Eh, not necessarily, but they were really fun games for the time. And they're really fun to go back to, you know, when I feel that nostalgia trip. Um, I haven't for about four years now, but uh, it's, they're still really good games for me. Uh, another, another example I thought of is like when that Sega Genesis collection came out for the 360. And I got, I really got into that, um, which I actually saw it's on sale right now for Xbox, weirdly enough. But uh, there were some Sega Genesis games that I really, I enjoy now that I really missed. Um, for example, 
<laughs> excuse me. Uh, I missed Gain Ground, which is kind of another little strategy type game. It's kind of silly and stupid. Um, basically, you just take a guy and you like you have the set amount of people on the board and you have to try and kill them before they kill you. It's it's really difficult to describe. It's not a great game at all, but I absolutely love the game. It's something that kind of tickles my fancy being someone who likes kind of tactics and strategy games. So that one was really, really enjoyable to play on that, um, that little, that little, uh, collection of Sega Genesis games. And there've been some other ones that I've played on that, that collection that I, uh, that I really got into that I never played when I was a child, like Fantasy Star 2. I know everyone loves that game. I actually loved the first one. The first one was my favorite one. Um, and I didn't play the second one until a few years back. And uh, it, it's a fun game. Um, I can see why people like that one a lot. I still think the first one is better. But, you know, there's a lot of Sega Genesis games that I missed as a child. You know, I was kind of subjected to whatever my, my parents bought game wise and I've gone back and I've played a lot of those so a lot of Sega Genesis games for me that I missed as a child it sucks because with some of those games and you miss them at the time you like you can go back and kind of enjoy them from but you can never like truly know what it was like to experience it at the time which is a little bit of a bummer you know what I mean mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely like you don't get that childlike wonder you know like for me we talked about it a few weeks ago zombies ate my neighbors you know had I played that as an adult and not as a child how would that have shaped, you know, like the like the games I like to play now, or would I have as fond of a memory for that game playing as an adult than when I did a child? You know, another one I could think of is like Conquer's Bad Fur Day, which clearly the humor is more directed towards like young teenager, a uh, little older child kind of humor. Had I played that when I was an adult, I would have been like, "This is a corny as hell game." Like. You know, this humor is terrible. It's just poop jokes. But playing it as a child, I hold it, I still hold it now in such high esteem. I still think that game, for its time, was a great game. Um, and it's it's hard to think about that. Like, when we miss those games that are from generations ago, and we try and go back, it's like, yeah, this game is fun, objectively. And I could see what it was trying to do for the time. But I don't get to fully grasp how amazing this game could have been had I been had I played it during that generation you know another example I could think of is you know a generation or two from now if they were to play Uncharted 4 they'd be like oh objectively this is probably or Red Dead 2 objectively this is a cool game but excuse me I I can't fully grasp how amazing the game was for that generation at the time and it it sucks when we miss out on those like the whole pieces single camera thing probably won't stand out as much once other people realize, oh, we, we, we can do stuff this cinematic as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's you For already... its time, it's, like, insane that they were able to do something that, you know, I mean, engaging, they... that's cinematic. But, yeah, the, yeah. It, it'll always look the, the way it looks, the but it won't be... Camera? Is that what you're talking about? Hmm? Are you talking about the God of War single-shot camera thing? Yeah, Uncharted has no, the same. No, we're talking about Basically, the Uncharted Well, not exactly the camera. same thing, but it's essentially the same thing. Like, they have camera cuts, but it's like... 
directly to it. Like they have no, the no load screens. Um, essentially the whole thing is shot like a movie. Um, yeah, the only time yeah. you see a load screen is if you die. Uh, and yeah. they have to load you back into, uh, you know, whatever the last checkpoint was. You can already kind of feel it. When I went back and played Uncharted 2, it already felt old to me. And I, and I remember at the time that was like, holy shit, that blew people's minds. But mm-hmm. I kind of missed out on it. That was what I missed. And then I went back and I was like, no, this just, I just played Uncharted 4, man. This already feels like so beyond yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. To my elitist brain i'm just like oh uncharted it's tougher if the series itself has already kind of progressed past that too because there was a time where uncharted 2 was magic for people you know Mm -hmm. and uh, time passed it by makes you do you guys ever think about i was thinking about this when shay was mentioning like everything was just talking about with like how the wonder of being a child was lost sometimes i wonder what it would have been like to have been like a reviewer or an adult that played games back in the day, like some of the adults that I respect now and follow uh, were young adults. Like when I was 12 playing Donkey Kong Country or 10 or whatever, or eight, they were like 22 years old. So they had a fully formed like adult brain and perspective, but they were still playing these games that were at the top of the generation. But I just wonder what that would have been like, you know, because, you know, there was extra wonder for us also being kids. But to like be in that early generation of video games, but to be an adult, I, I always like wonder what that was like, you know? Yeah, I am curious. I think a lot of that is probably fairly similar just because so much of that wave of gaming kind of coincided with the rise of the PC. I mean, video games and PCs had both been around since, you know, the 70s, but they were so ridiculously expensive that it wasn't really a thing until you know, the late 80s and 90s when all of a sudden, hey, everyone can afford this. Um, so you feel like regardless of age, the yeah, technological... Yeah, I think, I think it was probably fairly magical for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. At least to some, yeah. to some extent. I think so. But again, I, I, I think... don't know. It's not like I was any <laughs> older at the time. But... <clears throat> you know, I felt that way whenever I was playing uh, Call of Duty, like... Uh, eventually like talking to people or hearing people on the voice chat like i'd be like wow there's a lot of kids playing this game like 13 12 13 year old kids and i was thinking it's like you know what uh well you know maybe the demographic here is for 13 year olds and here i am you know 20 20 21 22 years old playing this game thinking oh this is for fucking adults but um yeah i i think a lot of these games are actually geared towards you know a younger audience um it's just uh it's more accessible to everyone to actually play and enjoy those games so i I don't think it's necessarily something that you can only enjoy a certain games at a certain age um and that's the way i look at it like i don't don't necessarily even enjoy but you know you're right fish i think it's good perspective to have because those kids now are growing up with like call of duty for them might seem somewhat magical you know to a degree who knows what it's like right i just mean like how was there extra wonder for us as kids maybe maybe there was a little more mm. wonder for us, you know? mm, yeah more than likely like shay said like having that childlike wonder uh as a kid definitely would help uh as far as like your enjoy uh, push that enjoyment just a little bit further as opposed to you know being a little slightly more jaded type of uh 
gamer later on down the road who's you know played quite a few games as opposed to like oh this is the fifth game that i've played in my entire life and oh my gosh this is the best game that i've played so far you know yeah whereas well, like, how much our brains what... can process at that age too like your brain can only right. process so much stuff as a kid mm-hmm. yeah. but you know that that talk of the pc gaming like the older style actually i i completely forgot about this memory and it just completely like washed over me and i just want to tell it really quick it's a little bit tangential but i remember my my father used to be in the military for 24 years and when i was much younger he actually brought me out um and this was completely sanctioned and okay just just in case any military people are listening he brought me out to like where he worked because he used to work on the helicopter flight team um out at his base and i remember like he brought us into the office one day my mother and i and um (laughs) this part i don't know if was allowed you know i don't know how the military works exactly but we we go into his office and there's someone on the computer playing doom the original doom so this was like 95 96 yeah playing the original doom and I remember the excitement all these guys had in playing it and watched someone else playing it. And I remember um, his one of his coworkers was like, hey, does your son want to try Doom? And I was like, I didn't say this, but I was thinking in my head, heck yeah, or hell yeah, I want to. And so I sat down and played Doom, and it was really difficult, obviously, because I was used to just little controllers to control that on the keyboard was a little bit difficult, but... I remember sitting down and playing Doom and just how mesmerized I was by that game. And I completely forgot about that memory. Like, I remember, like, pulling up to this area and, like, seeing this, like, little helicopter hangar type building and just walking in and seeing this guy play Doom. And I still remember the smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just it's crazy. Just this yep. this memory that I completely forgot about just came back to me talking about that stuff. <laughs> I had a similar experience actually. My dad was on a naval ship and um up in his little office area there's like a bunch of computers where the guys would sit at and they would all be playing, you know, uh free cell or solitary and uh, you know the the games that come preloaded on Windows and one of the games that I'd never seen before that was on these military computers was uh this weird skiing game where you ski down slope and Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that game. Mm-hmm. I never played it at my Ski Free, that's have... right. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what it's called. And like at the I as you're ski... about that game. Yeah, where, where the Yeti just wrecks your shit every time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I remember playing that uh, in my dad's little office area on the sh- on his uh, naval oh, ship. Man, that's man, what I forgot were, about that game. Computers were magical at the time, man. God. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess all games were. It's all relative. The PCs in particular were more magical to me because, like, I didn't really have one for gaming, and it <laughs> seemed so weird. I was used to like yeah. consoles. I'm like, oh, what is this? I usually use this to check my mail on AOL. Oh, what is what is this weird demo disc I have? Yeah. Well, that and back in the day, it was work to get them to run on basically anything. Um, like, yeah, I, I had to install games from the command line back when I started playing PC games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I remember doing that, too. Yeah, and it was like, 
it was a process. Like you had to understand how this beast worked in order to get it to mm-hmm. let you play a video game. Um, yeah, that was yeah. Half the battle. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I remember. Dude, that's. I think that's a topic we should do in the future because, like, I have some interesting and funny stories about that. Like, weird taking floppy disks and installing computer games <laughs> with too. floppy yeah, disks. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. That's something we should do for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had this. Um, we we had this neighbor who would record. I don't know if this is legal or not. I'm I'm sure it is. Um, he had pay per view because he was like I guess wealthy or whatever or whatever it was at the time. HBO pay per. He had all those channels and he would just record yeah. all the movies onto VHS tapes from his VCR. Uh, and then he had like in his house he had like thousands of movies. You would go over there and he'd be like, Hey, we don't watch a movie. And it was like being in a movie store. And I'd be like, Oh, there's no way you have this Jurassic Park yet. He's like, Yeah, I do. It's right here. I'd be like, What? And, like, he had everything. So, because he would just, you know, back in the day, you could record what was ever on TV, straight to VHS. Um, I just don't know if you were actually allowed to do it. Or maybe you weren't allowed to sell it. I don't remember. There was some sort of... Yeah, this was pre-DVR, but it's essentially just a DVR. So it's legal-ish, yeah. but... I think you just couldn't sell it. I think that was... Well, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's supposed to be how it, I think, it eventually shook out. But no one knew at the time. All, all those VHS tapes always started with "It's a crime yeah. to cop make a copy of this movie." As if that scared anybody away. Woo! Yeah. Scary message. Yeah. yeah. Right. Every time I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, somebody's probably copying it this was movie, me. right?" Yeah, it was me. Yeah. It, it was the guy. I was. I would go over to his house. It, it was weird because they were like friends of the family, and they go over there all the time. But I was never bored because they would just put me up in the room with whatever movie I wanted to watch. Um, while they played cards and my sister would play with their daughters and I was just sitting in the adult room watching movies that were probably way beyond my years. That's how I became a nerd. No, anyways, um, that was a, that was a good talk. If there's any, uh, oh, real quickly, if there's any other ones you want to get out of your system, we should do it now. The other big one for me, I was going to say, I haven't actually played yet, but I feel like this is going to be the case because I've been holding off and I missed out on it. And that would be all the new Destiny 2 stuff that I haven't had a chance to play. Um, Cause mm. you know, me and fish were dark down that destiny mm. hole. Mm-hmm. I haven't played any of the expansions. And then they came out with the big forsaken thing with all sorts of content that people said was actually really good. And I didn't really have anyone to play it with. So I never got back into it. Um, but I assume one day when I go into there, there's going to be tons of destiny content and I love destiny. So I don't see why I won't enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, I too may eventually get around to that. Because I got like the first season pass, so I think I have like two expansions that I've bought but still haven't played. Yeah. Because I had like the first two or three expansions or something, and the first one was such complete horseshit that I stopped playing at that point. But everything I've heard about the expansion since then have been good, so I should probably go back to it at some point. But that's the weird thing. I don't really have a yeah. good reason for not playing it. I mean, there was some. I didn't really have any like. Me and Fish used to play those games together, and then he got distracted with some other stuff, and so maybe that was part of it, but I don't really have a good reason. I didn't think it looked bad, and whenever they dropped the Forsaken, I think there was just a lot of stuff coming out for the podcast that we also were playing that was newer, and I just mm-hmm. felt obligated to kind of stick with that stuff, so maybe that was part of it, but it's weird. Like, if someone knows how much I enjoy Destiny, they'd be like, wow, why didn't you play that? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It just didn't yeah. happen. Didn't meet up, you know? So maybe maybe it was just because at the end of the day I knew it was just kind of more dead. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But it'll be there waiting for us, Fish, when we decide to 
plunder it again. Mm-hmm. Was there any other um, good yeah. ones for you guys that you wanted to sneak in before we uh, get to the listener comments? Because we have a lot of good listener comments as well. Mm, I kind of share your sentiments about Destiny 2 as well. It's been a while. Uh, I'm trying to think when it first when it came out. Was it like the end of 2016? Well, the, the the first when it came out, or the 2017? First, the Forsaken the second one. version. The second one. Well, the Forsaken one came out last year. The expansion for it. But yeah, Destiny Two released in mm-hmm. the year before that. Okay. So yeah, yeah, 2017. Yeah, it's been a while since I've. You know, and the thing is, is I was just talking about Destiny with somebody at my job. And they were talking about how they've uh, introduced mm-hmm. the thorn back in the game and the last word. And I was just like, what? And I started go- talking to him about how the how I got the first original thorn in the first Destiny. And Josh is right, yeah. though. Crossplay, cross-play I, I would help a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would absolutely go back to that if yeah. I could play with you guys. But, yeah. Yeah, I've got the PC version. And even though I've got a fairly good group of friends who plays shooters like none of them really got into destiny like one i i played with one one friend who uh who actually played destiny 2 on pc with me and that motorcycle was really <laughs> loud going by um but yeah like we played like pre-expansion and then that came out and we both were just like nope nope later um and yeah, I just I haven't been back to it since then because none of my other friends were really Destiny fans. Um, Nobody goes so. harder on Destiny than Fish, Josh. You know that. Yeah, I know. Like, if we could just have cross-platform on there, and I, I get it. Like, they they have their PvP is sacred, even though it's garbage. Like, Destiny PvP is garbage. Um, but yeah, I don't. Come on, I, guys. I don't. It's a I don't mostly PVE I mean, game. Just just put cross-play well, on there. Come on. I, I've even if you want to lock out the PvP or something, just I at least everything yeah. else. It's weird. It's weird. If, to Fish's point though, that was actually one of the things that actually turned me off from it was hearing that they're bringing back all these old guns. I'm like, great. The way that people get excited about Destiny now is by bringing back guns I played back when it originally came out. You know, like how many times have I already shot the mm-hmm. thorn and the whatever the yeah. fuck you were? Doing? Yeah, like, come on. Exactly. The horn. Yeah. Like, I'm going to spend another four years not getting a Hawk Moon. <laughs> no, it's like a nightmare <laughs> that I can't escape from. <laughs> that would be my luck. We brought back the Hawk Moon, and then it never dropped. But then again, mm-hmm. I would be, like, trying to get something. I just, I'm chasing new experiences and new loot. But I, I've heard they've done a lot of really cool things with the progression and feel of that game. It's just, you know, probably have to buy one of those things where you automatically level your character up, shoot them up, because uh mm-hmm. probably want to play on the Xbox One X. and. I'd have to. I'd, I wouldn't want to do all that old content again. So I don't know. It's weird, and you know that's a time suck too. You know, it's a dangerous time suck when you get into those games, just kind of doing the same thing over and over. But I heard they rebalance the loot to where it's not like exotics dropping left and right anymore. Like where, like you know, fish had like seven copies of the one exotic I wanted, and it made me feel sad. Like it wasn't even worth the grind. You know, um, I've heard that they've kind of leveled it out a little bit to where there's. They're they're not dropping all the time, and it's more balanced. But I, that's what I hear through the grapevine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got some good comments to get. To, oh, Josh, did you have anything you want to add to that? Or as I pull up some comments here. Uh, no. Okay. okay. I think all I right, got well, to it all. 
as we wait for Shay to return, um, every so every Thursday, uh, generally speaking, we'll run a question of the week where we try to grab some our community to basically have a conversation with us about the topic of the show. And there's some interesting uh, comments this week that I definitely wanted to uh, to read. Um, first up, uh, shit ain't real said a game I missed was Pyre by Supergiant on PS4. It's their only exclusive besides Hades, and I really want to play it. Another game I missed was Yoku's Island Express. Uh, I missed that one too, actually, but I heard good things about it. It was like a pit, pinball mm-hmm. platformer kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a tough... That, that game is a perfect example because you hear good things about it, but it's a tough sell because you're like, what? It's like a pinball game? Yeah. Sort of like, eh. yeah. Like, how, how, how do you sell that exactly? Yeah. Who the fuck's getting excited about pinball, you know? But it's mm. supposed to be pretty clever and and has a lot of charm like nintendo quality charm so yeah is that a nintendo game i'd have to look it up is that is that published uh no no i'd have to look it up but no they should just called it yoshi's island express and they would have sold a lot more copies (laughs) i'm sure they would have but yeah yeah it's definitely not nintendo then because that's the money maker idea right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Got, got, got the money maker ideas. Yeah. Uh, so what you do with the, so you do with the, the money maker beats fish. You put them out front. No Phyllis's. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. Cami beats nine said dying light for sure. Oh, Shay's not here, so we can't comment on that. He must be having some explosive diarrhea. Let's come back mm. to that one. He uh, had to go Om- beat the neighbor children. Tell them to be quiet. <laughs> Uh, Omi Wan said Bloodborne got it when it was 1999 and ended up being one of my favorite games Bloodborne is a good one too because uh, Mm. people might have been turned off by the Souls series but it was kind of a different thing and I remember that was one I went back to because I missed as well Mm -hmm. thinking it was probably just out of my my league but I was curious about it because it was different and it looked cool and I was like you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh, you know something Whenever Josh said that he was getting a PS4, this is back before he had a PS4, and he said he was getting the PS4 for, for Bloodborne, Blood I was, Blood. I was like, that should have set something off in my head to where <laughs> I was like, you know what, maybe I should get Bloodborne because Josh has been on his PC, he's hasn't gone, you know, and bought a new console in a while, and this is the one game where he's just like, I'm getting in the PS4 day one whenever this game drops and he fucking did mm-hmm. but it never clicked in my head and like like you said morgan <laughs> like i didn't get into it till you got into it later on into the year and realized that that, that game was fucking fun sometimes it's and a trickle shit. it's a trickle down effect like one of us has to get into it but then if they're still skeptics then somebody else has to get into it and then the other person's like wow well, both of them like it eh. and then someone else <laughs> uh-huh. yeah yeah it's almost like yeah, Into the Breach. We were all we were all banging on Into the Breach for a year, trying to get fish to play it. Eventually, peer pressure caved in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's funny when there's the trickle down. I wonder though, Josh, if it Dark Souls three had been exclusive for PS4, you probably would have bought a PS4 for that too, right? Because you were a big From Souls From Software fan. Mm, probably, probably, because at that point, Bloodborne was just kind of the last thing. Because there were a few other games that I'd wanted to play. Yeah, but not enough to buy a console for, and that was that was kind of the last one. We're like, okay, I now need to own the system. Um, that was the the breaking point. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was I just kind of the breaking point. Um, and I think had nothing else come out for the system, it still would have been worth it. But yeah, it was one of many that kind of finally yeah. led to that point. So, 
Yeah. I think actually Dark Souls 3 came out on the PC, and I think that's that's where you got it, right, Josh? Yeah, I've got it on PC. Because I remember you also got the, uh, what was it, the Steam controller for it as well. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, I got it. They Every now and then they'll have a sale, like whenever some oh, big game right, yeah. comes out. Like if you yeah. also bundle in a Steam control, it, it's like five bucks. And so I eventually mm-hmm. got one of them for that. And it's... You don't use it? No, I almost never use it, is the thing. Huh. Like, it's a good controller, but it is weird as fuck. It is, it is very weird. It's not... It's laid out like a regular controller, but it's essentially like dual track pads mm. on, on the right side. So they're like, like tracking balls. It's kind of essentially what they work like, uh, which is cool. You can actually do some really dexterous stuff with that, but because it's... It's it's just it's a learning curve that I don't think is worth the effort. Like if you're putting in learning mouse and keyboard, putting in learning you know standard game controller, just you know dual stick stuff. It's I just I don't feel like it's quite enough extra. Like the the closest thing, like my favorite thing about it that I liked the most, and this is something that uh, the Switch does a lot now. Um, is will have subtle aiming on motion controls. So like vast movements you do with like the stick. And this is something I think more console games, like more dual stick games need to do. Um, but like big sweeping motions on the stick. And then like a lot of times you can set it. So if you hold down a button, so like as soon as you go to aim down sights, it'll activate motion controls. So you can do like fine flick aiming just by moving the whole controller. Um, Oh, and it weird. works really well, like extremely well. Um, I mean, that's it's one of the reasons Splatoon feels so good, uh, is because you can essentially do the same thing. Essentially, play it like a console game, but mouse and keyboard is the ser- sort of feel you get. Um, yeah, and that's probably my favorite thing about the Steam controller. But it's just it's a huge learning curve, and I don't really expect most people to like it because it's just. I wouldn't suggest putting in that time unless you're just like really serious about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, real OG Larry said, "I've missed out on the entire Final Fantasy series. I'm not sure how this is possible, but it's true. They're everything I love. Too big, long, and thick. Wink, wink. RPGs. Tell me what else I'm missing so I finally play them." Now, actually, this is one of the comments I responded to because uh i felt a lot of passion about this and i was like look i feel like a gaming life without final fantasy 7 8 and 9 is an incomplete one having said that i played them when they first released and i just have no idea what the experience would be like today but i, I will say this because i know you guys probably have some thoughts on this as well i think they're exper- worth absolutely i think you need to experience them but i feel like it's important to just keep it in the context that those are yeah. very dated games as much as I love nine and I think it's my favorite of the three, I don't feel like nine is as necessary to gaming history knowledge as seven and possibly eight, but like especially seven as far as just kind of like super influential game that just is going to get referenced everywhere. It's, it's, it's kind of like going back and watching, you know, citizen Kane or jaws or something along those lines. Um, yeah. It's Where, like it, yeah. nine paved the way for ten, essentially. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah, want to mention nine, that nine did ten a lot is of another one of those revered ones. Stuff. Yeah, and 
you can't and it's kind of like when we talk about music you can't have another band without the previous band setting the trend essentially mm-hmm. i didn't mean to interrupt you josh i'm sorry no 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 it's it's the same sort of thing like I, nine i think is cool but i feel like it's not it's not as it's not a pillar of everything that came after it in in the same way as like seven and eight um stuff like even if you don't beat it because the games were hard as hell like going back and playing the original mario super important you you have to have at least some knowledge of what's going on there and i i kind of feel similarly about you know final fantasy seven and eight especially even though even though i like nine more i feel like those are probably the ones to go to just to just to kind of have that knowledge of the medium as a whole. I think I think that's how I kind of felt when I always try to pressure Fish to play Donkey Kong Country or pressure Shay to mm-hmm. play Super, Met- Super Metroid because I'm just like, I, I don't know if you guys want to like in these games as much as people do or not, but I just feel like they're part of that timeline, you know, yeah. that you just want to experience. Like, And to what they're saying, I, I think that all of them, 7 was the trendsetter, 8 was the historical follow-up to that, and 9 was the modern throwback to the games people loved in the original games it was sort mm-hmm. of an homage and it was so drat nine was such a like this is a modern game but here's a throwback to what we did before that 10 completely yeah. broke the formula it was like 10 changed up the combat and the style of the game was drat like nine and ten could not be more different as far yeah. as kind of games they could not be more different uh, and they're both great but they could not be more different because nine pretty much hit the cap for that generic like i, I feel like even they knew after eight yeah. That after they did nine, which was like, hey, let's give them a throwback to the style they love. Yeah, we- yeah. Nine That's what I was, was gonna say like, like an ode song, kind of like victory lap like sort of a yeah, thing. It off. Yeah, it was like a victory lap, like showing everything that was great about yes. the series, going back and doing a really personal story, but with like you know international drama going on. Uh, yeah, it, it, just kind of everything that they did before, and then ten was their first foray in a voice acting. It was the first time they decided to do a different battle <laughs> system. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like they, they did a turn-based battle, battle system. system. Yeah, yeah, a very weird. Like that, but people don't system, think about yeah. that as being so different for a Final Fantasy game. But that was like the first time they, Huge. you know, yeah. messed with that formula at all. And they never went back. 11, yeah, they've, they've been 13, tweaking it they, since then. Yeah, there's so many great back. things about ten mm-hmm. that if if they hadn't like worked through that all with the previous iterations would have never happened. Like we wouldn't have Final Fantasy where it is today. And I know some some people. And granted, I haven't beaten it. I will admit that. Um, some people didn't like fifteen. I thought fifteen was an interesting game, and it was good in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. I think that while while the obviously a lot of people will hold the older Final Fantasies in such high esteem because, you know, they grew up with those games and nostalgia is such a powerful factor. And, like, what they were doing at the time was always the cutting edge, you know? Like, with yeah. each new Final Fantasy game, that was kind of, like, the the pinnacle. That's what other games aspired to be when each Final Fantasy yeah. game started coming out, especially during the PS1 era. Yeah, for a um, long time. That was, that, that was like... I Yeah. They, they, were the, they were it, you know? And... Eventually, that mantle was passed on to other games. I think Bethesda had it for a little while. Um, I think other game, other companies and games had took it for a little while. 
But for, yeah. you know, during that time, that was the golden era for JRPGs. That was the golden era for Final Fantasy, um, really. And that's why a lot of people hold 7, 8, 9, and 10 uh, in such high esteem. And we would not have gotten these subsequent Final Fantasies without them standing on the backs of, obviously, these previous generation of games and i think that goes mm -hmm. without saying i mean that's it's an obvious statement i'm not making any profound statement there but it just i think it's important to note that you know that we wouldn't be where we are at with the final fantasy games for better or worse yeah. without that think, and, you know i think there have been some stinkers since then um but that's okay you know like I, the the nice thing is they are. I think in a way it's kind of nice that they aren't the pit pinnacle. I kind of wish they still were, but it's kind of nice because then they can do weird things and they can do whatever they want. And it's kind of like they stayed true to that formula through it all. Mm -hmm. You know, they've done weird things because that's what they've always done. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I so I think we all agree. You should you need to play those games before you die. Seven, eight, nine in particular. Just keep it in a context. That they're old, and there's going to be things about them that are going to feel dated. Uh, especially when you see Cloud's paintbrush hands. Don't be alarmed. He does have a paintbrush for arms. But yeah, that is, yeah that is... seven, seven was some growing pains, because in those games, they always had different sprites for the overworld, because it was like a miniature, sort of like tabletop RPG sort of looking overworld map. Like, yeah. you, weren't, you weren't in the world, you were on a map. Of the world, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. so they had these, you know... Which is fine. I think huge eight, things, which is, yeah. which is neat, but when they moved to 3D, they still had that exact same thing, and it was very jarring having this big, blocky-looking Lego man walking around the map. Mm -hmm. um, well, the thing is, is that was like my first Final Fantasy game, and kind of my first introduction into JRPGs, Josh, mm -hmm. and I thought that was perfectly normal. <laughs> I actually well, enjoyed well, no, it. I was just like, this mm -hmm. is kind of cool That's the whole looking. point of the conversation, though, Fish, is I think that at yeah. the time, it was incredible, and it looked incredible. I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah. now. Looking back yeah. on it, yeah, right. But back then, you didn't know any no. better. I was just saying that, like, yeah, Seven back then, insane. like, I thought that. Yeah. There was nothing wrong. They were with that all game. insane, all of them. Even like I, I, I love every mainline one except I think thirteen holds up the worst because I don't think the combat is as interesting. In retrospect, combat's the only reason that thirteen's good. Well, I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like later on into that game, like I got heavy into that combat. All right. Yeah, well, they just they really screw the pooch with giving you such a limited party size for so long. Because they don't really allow you to do anything with the combat for the first 20 hours of the game. Like, it's a really cool system, mm -hmm. but yeah. they lock it down so much. Well, that's what I mean. Half yeah. the game yeah. is going to feel... At the time, it didn't bother me as much because it was such a technological marvel. But now, it wouldn't feel like a marvel mm -hmm. at all. It would feel very dated. And then the, the warts of the yeah. combat would show through. I, I would say that Final Fantasy XII's Gambit system was too much like the MMOs that I was playing at that time. Um, even though that game came out after, you know, Final Fantasy XI, which was an MMO. And it felt like they were just making a, this free roam type of combat that I didn't quite enjoy that I've seen in other games. And I, I kind of was yearning for that um, turn-based type style uh in those final fantasies and i guess that's why i didn't hold true well there's many reasons why i didn't hold on 
and play through Final Fantasy twelve, but I think Final Fantasy twelve for me was one of the weaker ones. It's woo. It's interesting. I feel like because during that time a lot of people were trying to break into the MMO market because of World of Warcraft. And I feel like that was a really big turning point for Final Fantasy when they decided to get into that. Because I feel like they had this trajectory of where they were going. And I think that's why 10 was so good because it's like, look what we've done. Look where we could go and where we're going to go. And then all of a sudden Final Fantasy 11 was an MMO. And it was just completely out of left field. And I'm not talking negatively about 11 or 14. I know a lot of people liked those games and enjoyed them. And I never really played them. I had no interest in playing them. So it didn't really bother me one way or the other. But I feel like that just completely changed the trajectory of what Square Enix was doing um, with the Final Fantasy series. And I feel like maybe it got itself off track as a result, you know, as well, because I just, I think back to 10 and how amazing that game was for the time when it dropped in 2001, I remember just like, that was the natural progression of what we had seen in the previous generation. It was incredible. And then they came out with 10 too, obviously, which is, I think a fairly polarizing game. Like the combat was insanely good in that game, but um, the story was a little bit weird, to say the least. Of course, as is yeah. with Final Fantasy. Well, I, I, <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, it's it's just to Sorry, see that to go from ten to like the MMOs was just so jarring, and I feel like I just feel kind of like they lost their way by doing that, or just it just they had set a trajectory for themselves and the fans, and then they just completely went to a different track and it was they just did. very but yeah I, it was just different i think yes. the two issues were there to what you're saying shay is one they shouldn't have they shouldn't have kept the numbers like there was always this thing that was sacred to final fantasy when they added the official number to it like when you saw 10 2 you knew it wasn't an official like mainline final fantasy right but by keeping 11 and 14 on those online games i think that was not a great idea they could have just called it final fantasy online or something because it was always sacred when there was a new final fantasy game it was numbered it was part of the the what is it chronology is that the word i'm looking for um and it was important and you knew it so that kind of Sully the Water, and then 12 was already weird for a lot of people, like Fish, right? So you had 10 being this amazing game, right? But a departure. Then uh, 11 was the online weirdness. 12 was the strange combat that threw a lot of people off, and the tone of that game also being by the Vagrant Stories director and being back in the Tactics universe. Then 13 had yeah. the combat system that everyone hated. I'm sorry, the, the story... Well, all I'm saying the best way I can sum this up in a very cohesive thought is that I think it was like a snowball effect of things that kept that snowball kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and then eventually, but every final fantasy wasn't what it was used to, what it wasn't, didn't have the regard that it used to have. Um, and, and well, that's kind of what I'm what, saying. Well, whenever 15 came out though, I think it found kind of the middle ground between both of those yeah. where it gave you that big open world uh exploration but did it in a very final fantasy final fantasy ish way but when did 15 Um, come out think about that in perspective from 10 to 15 how long was that right yeah that's but there are a lot of people out there that love 12 and i'll tell you i sent you guys a picture they have Mm -hmm. i guess 12 is available on the switch you're going to be available i need to look that up but um 
they remastered going to be i don't think it's yeah it 12 is going to be on the switch uh and it's gonna or you can go get it other places now but they did the remake the zodiac age yeah where they they fixed a lot of the issues that made 12 so difficult to get into it was such a grind it was kind of confusing they they really smoothed a lot of that yeah. stuff over um and i love to get 12 yeah 12 shot. was 12 had a Oh, we really the combat in that game was mostly in the menus before the fight happened because it was the one where you programmed all your companions AI mm-hmm. in there, yeah. which is a really cool idea. It's really, it's really neat. It's really deep, but it's a massive time sink. Um, that's the sort of thing that's just done automatically now, or they'll give you like two options. Like, can they use consumables or not? And, you know, exactly right. how much do they like smacking things? Like, that's about all you really need to tweak. Um, <laughs> but this was, it, literally, you wrote their programming. Like, like, no joke, you wrote their programming. Like, you'd go in there and tell them, like, yeah. it, it was really it, below this many percent health, you can use a healing potion. Like, if... If this happens, you, then you're allowed to do this. And it was, like, ridiculously, yeah. ridiculously in-depth in order to get your party to pull their own weight. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, oh, they, you know, your companions have bad AI. They'd often have bad AI, and it was your own fault. So it was just, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's too much micromanaging Yeah, it was there. a ton of micromanaging. And if you weren't good at it, you could also, in this game pause and just manually input all the commands yourself which made it even more of a slog because instead of Mm -hmm. doing that programming up front you just had to input commands for the entire party which was horrible um we we could yeah that's the game we could literally mm -hmm. talk about forever so i'm gonna try and move on not because i want to cut you guys off but because that's a game we could literally talk about forever Mm -hmm. there's a there's a lot like my mind's exploding right now but i know i needed to shut it yeah Um, yeah 12 12 is one of those ones that like I loved it because I liked the programming aspects of it, but I absolutely 100% recognize why people would just hate it. The fact that they were brave enough to put... I'll say this. They put Final Fantasy on the title of that game is a bold fucking move. <laughs> they should have called it mm-hmm. anything else. You know, um, some weird... Because, like, Vagrant Story like is a game a lot of people missed out on, right? Great game. They didn't call it Final Fantasy, right? The fact that they put Final Fantasy on this game is insane because nothing about it would appeal to people who have grown up with that series in theory, but there was a lot of incredible yeah. things about yeah, it. Like, the, the, the only connection is Chocobos and a guy named Sid showing up. Like, that's it. That's, that is, and, that is and it. And Ivalis, or Ivalis, people who played Final Fantasy Tactics. It's the same world, so. Yeah, 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 I mean, they kind of already, yeah. Like, it was its own thing, and that one, they they they'd added they'd had some final it, fantasy thing there before but it wasn't like a mainline final fantasy it was sort of like a weird kinda, gift to like oh you mm-hmm. you hardcore group out, out there that love final fantasy tactics we made a final mm-hmm. fantasy mainline game for you <laughs> because it's set in that world and yeah. it's real dark and it's real weird and it's real confusing so anyways i I don't mean to get tangential on that. Maybe for, I just sent you guys a link it comes out how crazy is april i'm not saying when i run out and buy it i don't know i got to think about it april 30th so Two about two and a half weeks. Yeah, I might yeah. think about pulling the trigger on that, but all that stuff. Possibly. I mean, on the Switch, it'd be easy for me to play. It's a grinder, you know. 
I don't know how it would work. I guess it depends on... I've I've not messed around with the increased movement speed and stuff mm-hmm. from the remake, but it's one of those things, like, it was such a time sink before that I have a hard time knowing how well it would play in spurts. But, I yeah. would love to find out. Um, mm-hmm. Shay, this one made me think of you. Cammy Beats 9 said, Dying Light for sure. When it came out, I immediately hard passed because I was pretty sick of zombies in general. Still am, to be honest, but I picked it up a lot like a year later because a couple of friends got it and and it was online and already price dropped. I ended up loving the game and played for quite a while. It's so much different from the other zombie games. I have the sequel. Did you ever play Dying Light, Shay? I bought it a few years back during the Black Friday sale and then I still haven't gotten around to playing it, to be honest with you. On PS4? To. You got it on PS4? Oh. Yeah, I got it on the PS4. I need to sit down and play it at some point, but um i always like that that's always like what my breaks end up being is like just sitting down and like playing games in retrospect so this last break um which we'll talk about a little bit later you know i was back home and i had and then we'll again we'll talk about this later in more detail but i had um i had jet lag so i ended up playing some games i hadn't played for that i hadn't played yet that i've been wanting to play so and that that kind of stuff is when I always go back and play older games, but Dying Light is definitely one of them I've been meaning to go back to and play at some point. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe that comment will push you in the right direction. Um, Relville 3 said, Sword Chomp, I bought Hollow Knight the last time it was on sale on the Xbox store. I never expected to enjoy the game so much. Probably why I've been pushing fish to try it. It's such an amazing art style that my niece, who knows nothing about video games, learned how to play and eventually beat the game on her own. Holy shit. That's fucking wild. Mm. Uh, I hope all of you who played the game have had a great time with it as well. Well, stick around. In about five minutes, we are going to have a thorough Hollow Knight discussion. So you don't want to miss it. Um, Foxhound said Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Now, this is actually the one that inspired our good friend Cosmic Pop-Tart uh, in this topic. Now, normally we have a thing where you have to pay $50 to pick a topic, but uh, this particular patron has been basically putting our kids through college for about a year now. So I reached out to them to see if they had any fun ideas for the show. Um, which, by the way, if you go to our Patreon page, um, patreon.com slash swordchomp, we have a special VIP private tier. You can get access to a secret Instagram page, and there are special tiers like paying to pick the topic of the show, which is a lot of fun. We'll talk about anything you want. One time somebody picked a topic about sports. as one of the most fun shows we've had. So there are no rules. Um, it's good time. And you can support us in the process and the growing world of Sword Chomp. But um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one I know Josh played. I, I feel regret about this because it's still sitting in my, on my Xbox, and I have yet... It didn't make a good impression on me, but I know hmm. that there's got to be something there because all the Game of the Year nominations, and I just know that... It's sort of like why I want to play God of War again because I just know there's got to be something there I'm missing. i got to be missing something because everyone says it's great, and it can't not be great. <sighs> Yeah, I still haven't finished that because it's such a ridiculously huge game. Um, like, I remember sending you guys pictures of the map after I'd put, like, 40 hours in or something, and you could see I was, like, maybe 20, 30% of the way through the map. Um, it's that's, that's a game I completely understand passing up at first glance because it looks like just all the trash that gaming has become over the last several <laughs> years. And in a lot of ways, it is. Like, it is basically polished down 
so ridiculously far, just like polished and polished and polished, and with all these systems and like everything that we've stuck into any other game happens to be here also sort of a thing that I saw it and was just, you know, immediately, you know, trying to find my penis that had receded back up into my body. <laughs> oh my God, your penis just... is huge. When it recedes in your body, that's dangerous. Yeah, completely because of, because of wow. this game. Just, mm. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I get it with this one, but it's one of those things that somehow, regardless of all that, it's it's just really good. Like it's it is solid on all those levels. The story is really interesting. Um it's 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 good. Like it is just a good solid game. You think all the um, game of the year talk was a little too it, much? Cuz it's I was surprised to see it like getting nominated for some of the game of the year uh awards like considering some of the other stuff that was out um, there. Um Yeah, like it's it's one of those things that I'd have a hard time giving a bunch of awards to just because like I said it's just game the game but it does that so well that I feel like game the game it it needs to be at least be acknowledged for for what mm-hmm. it is and it and it does that so well so ridiculously well um, what the fuck are they gonna do with the next Assassin's Creed? They've already made game the game. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. It's interesting <laughs> yeah. that you mentioned that, Josh, because I feel like we could look through the generations of games and we could point out, you know, there are games that kind of follow the trend and sometimes do it better or do do it up to speed, like par for the course type of thing. And then there are some games that are kind of inspired by that stuff, take it and then make it their own. You look at mm-hmm. something like. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which in a lot of ways it check like it it checks a lot of those boxes um of like, all right, we need this in a game, we need this in a game, we need this in a game, because that's kind of what the standard for the medium mm-hmm. is right now. But then they kind of made it their own too, with you know, hunting those those robot um creatures, you know. They the way you did that was something that is somewhat yeah. similar to other games, but it was unique to that IP. And I feel like that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, like they found a way to make it... They give you a reason for a lot of those systems, which I think is what's right. so neat. Like, and, and a lot of these things are like, oh, we just have the system just because. Whereas in like Horizon, everything's a weak point, but it's like its own specific weak point. Like you hit here, it does this. Like it's, it gives you a reason to pay attention to systems that people just have, like for absolutely no reason in so many other games. Um, right, and and yeah. like every now and, and then a game will come along and like feel... get what all these things we're going towards, like why why do we do this, and then they'll they'll give you a reason. Yeah, I, I feel like, and I feel like that's kind of been missing. And I don't know if there's one thing we could real or one concept we could really point to. I because you know. I feel like a lot of the inspirations from previous generations came through console wars, essentially. You know, you had console-specific titles, and I feel Mm -hmm. like that caused some levels of creativity to happen. And now that I feel like, uh, you know, as we're pushing forward, you know, and we're pushing for games to be available on every system, because that's for some reason what people want, that 
there there doesn't need to be as much competition or creativity, you know. Uh the, obviously we've heard like the we've heard through our history classes that, you know, war has been some of the most um prolific times for the US because that caused us to, you know, work on technological advancements and it really pushed our society forward. And I'm not advocating war here. Please don't think that. But what I am saying is, like, in terms of, like, creativity, with consoles, you know, that really pushed that create the creative boundaries because they had to figure out ways to market themselves and get people to buy their console and keep staying on their console. And I'm not saying that's the only reason. I'm I'm just curious. That might be an interesting possible reason as to why we've kind of seen the, these watered-down, polished, par-for-the-course games as of late and i'm not saying that games aren't out there with insane creativity you know but we look at something like hollow knight which is a fantastic game but it it and it makes it its own but there's still a lot of those building blocks there and that's why because it's an homage we look at something like um first one that's coming to mind for some reason is wolfenstein which is a very fun game for story-wise, but if that creative story wasn't there, it would just be another shooter, you know, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. Or we look at Destiny, which Destiny has done some really great things. That if, if it didn't have those creative systems, it would just be a Halo replica. You know, we have a lot of those kind of games out there right now that aren't really pushing the boundaries to what, you know, we imagine games should be at you know like 10 years ago 15 20 years ago if we were talking about gaming we would have said we we would all be having vr headsets on right now playing all kinds of games and we're not there you yeah. know we think about that stuff and it's just um it's I, interesting that it hasn't progressed as far as we would have thought it was yeah well man that's not mm. shane you stop saying that's like a topic of the show into itself you gotta it was launched me into another t- <laughs> i've dropped like four topics <laughs> yeah we kind of hit Podcast. everything we 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 just ruined about three months of content in this one show <laughs> well we'll bring it we'll, we'll bring it back and we'll go into greater detail yeah because i'm the only yeah. one talking just just so. write it down uh let's do uh two other really quick ones um ralph is fat said i remember missing out on overwatch when it came out I got it a year later, and I'm really enjoying it after all this time. With the constant updates and nerfs, it makes hmm. me come back to it for better or worse. Going even further back, I missed... Okay, let's just leave it there. So that's a game that's just continues to evolve and evolve, almost like a No Man's Sky thing where people can come back to it any time and really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, Shay ended up mm-hmm. coming back to No Man's Sky. Well, we don't have to talk about that right now. That's a good not right now, but later, um, yeah. Spec Ops The Line by W.J. Danilo, which was amazing. Lately, I've been missing out on a lot of games because I have no time, and my backlog is huge. The problem with the big backlog... <laughs> uh, I was going to make a dirty joke. Is I have no patience for tougher games. Playing through Bloodborne, I was like, nope, not going to frustrate myself, and moved on to the next game. Hall Night is gorgeous, but after a while, the map system was more annoying than anything, which I actually agree with, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yes, Spec Ops The Line is one that I also missed out on and still don't know what all the hype is about because I never got to experience it. But stay tuned for a Hollow Knight talking a little bit. WJ Danilo. Maybe you'll agree or disagree. Who knows? Last one, our good friend, the Queen of Sword Chomp. That's right, the Queen. Sector 7 Item Shop. Good friend of ours. <laughs> I see Fish smiling over there. That big Cree. Oh, he's super liking you right now with his mind. Um, uh, 
Oh. <laughs> How does it feel? Don't turn what? turn your feet off. That's not Dear lied. God. <laughs> turn my feet. He super liked me with his eyes. Um, Transistor, Transistor. It's such a beautifully crafted game inside and out. Also Celeste, mm. but I also miss out on a lot of games because I'm just not paying attention. Hyperlight Drifter didn't disappoint me either. I'll soon move on to Hollow Knight and Crosscode. Transistor is a game I think a lot of people missed out on because mm-hmm. they like Bastion. They might have tried Pyre and of cool. What was the third one? Um, shit. Maybe I maybe I went too far. Pyre. Yeah, I guess Pyre was the the second one. So, so there's only been uh three, other than Hades. There was no Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, Hades. Pyre yeah. was the third one. Transistor just came was the yeah, Yes, one. yes, yes. But yeah, Transistor is amazing. It's another one of those programming ones, but you're not programming AI, you're programming the moves, which is really cool. But they're, and this is, again, like I mentioned this briefly, they're essentially functions, kind of like the, you know, an object-oriented, like, sort of coding language. Anyway, like, you get chunks of a move, like, this bit does this. And you can slot moves mm-hmm. into each other to eventually build a move that does exactly what you want. Um, like, okay, I, I want like a big single swing, but like with poison damage or something like that, or you know, like fast swings, or I want I want a shot that stuns, and you can like slot all these different moves in together to kind of build a combat style that works the way you want it to. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's 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 a really bizarre combat system, but it's just amazing. It's it's really really good. Well, there you go. I want to thank everyone who left a comment. Um, it means a lot to us. And it's fun. Have, we went off on a long tangent there, but you know, it's fun to be able to do that. It gives us an excuse to talk about things um, without the context of normally needing a reason to, like Final Fantasy. We went on a huge Final Fantasy talk there. A lot of fun, and did not expect that. So good times. Um, I, now, I want to. The Hollow Knight conversation is coming up in just a little bit. Now, hang in there. I'm trying this thing where I really want to, like, end the show with a big punch instead of a podcast that kind of trails downward, all right? Um, I want to squeeze in a couple quick things <laughs> in here. Uh, we got about five to ten minutes of some really fun poll topics that you voted on to kind of spice things up with a little comedy and humor here before we get to some real in depth Hollow Knight talk. Um, now, first and foremost. Uh, these are also things that Shay played when he was up here. So this is a lot of fun to talk about as well. Now, one of the gifts I got for Shay, sort of, and also for my daughter, but something I wanted to, to try out with him for the first time was the Spyro Trilogy, because we were both interested in the Crash Trilogy and the Spyro Trilogy. And that was something you got to play up here, because uh, I bought it for my family. Uh, Shay, what would you think of the Spyro Reignited Trilogy? I really enjoyed it a lot. Um... I know it's on sale right now. I'm probably going to end up buying it when I get paid because I forgot how much I love that game. And it was just cool to, because I haven't played it for many, 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 many years. Like since I'm pretty sure since I was uh, like in my early teens where I, you know, like I had played that game a long time ago and I found all the dragons except one. And, you know, I just put it away for years and then 
as I started becoming a teenager, I started becoming a little bit of a completionist with games and stuff. And <laughs> so I went back and I found that yeah. one dragon. And then after that, I I didn't really play much of the second or third one. I played a little bit here and there, but the, I, at that point, I had moved on to Xbox. And um, so going back to play this game with you, uh, re- it brought back so many memories. And I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about all these things in this game. It had been enough time to where it was tickling my, my nostalgia, but also to where... I didn't remember a lot of the things in that game. And to me, that warrants a, a remake being made. So I was really excited to play it. And actually, I was so happy to play it that this week, I actually have been going back through the Crash Bandicoot trilogy to <laughs> uh, find some of the final gems that I missed. Because when I played it, um, when you had originally sent my PS4 to me, it's been about two years now, weirdly enough. but. Um, when you guys sent that to me and sent me that game, I just powered through all three games to try and get it done as quick as I could so we could talk about it, and I never actually sat down and got all the gems. So I've been slowly doing that this week, trying to find the final gems that I've been missing throughout the three different games. So, yeah, it's it that that's a little tangential, but yeah, the, the remaster or the remake, whatever you want to call it, has been phenomenal. Uh, it is a beautiful game. It looks so much better, and oh, the detail art, put into the game yeah. warranted it for sure. And I think it, to me, uh, it feels a little bit better than the Crash remake. And actually, having played that and going back to play the Crash remake, knowing that it's the same guys, it actually that feeling that Morgan and I were kind of talking about, where a little something like a little piece was missing. I don't feel that now with the crash remake at all. Actually, it feels good. So it's interesting. Oh. Well, you felt it before. You can't unfeel it. It's not how it works. <laughs> I don't know if you know how feelings work, Morgan. Hmm. That's what I, that's, that's what I kept texting her. You can't unfeel it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's sad. Um, well, that's, I believe it or not. I've been so addicted to the spiral that I almost considered buying the crash thing on my switch even though i fucking hated the art direction that's the only thing i don't like about the crash i just don't like the art direction i think the game's fine it's the art direction i think that really fucking threw me off and they just nailed it with spyro honestly i think spyro is the first spyro might be a perfect game too not saying it's the best game ever i you know i just it's so perfect in what it does and it, yeah. and it does those things really well um it's true that's why they made a bunch of fucking so toys pretty. like 15 years uh, later mm-hmm. for that trend <laughs> that has completely died. Well, the thing that surprised me was too the Crash Bandicoot um, trilogy sold a lot more, which pissed me off. Sold a lot more um, than than the Spyro one when I was checking out sales numbers. But our audience could not be swayed, um, even though it ended up being closer than I was um, happy about. But sixty uh, percent of our audience said Spyro Reignited is the best trilogy. That's right, victory for Spyro. <laughs> But I think Crash really just needed a better art direction. And they ought to learn. Like, Josh, I was telling Shay, I was surprised. I was like, whoever did this, the people who made Crash Bandicoot need to fucking go to these guys and say, this is how it's done. And then I Googled it and found out it was the same people. It was Toys for Bob. I was joking with them last week. I was like, oh, shit, it's the same company. <laughs> so maybe they just learned or they felt like Spyro gave them a little more of an opportunity to flex their artistic muscles um, because of the yeah. whimsical nature of the game, I guess. Possibly. 
Possibly. I, mean, it, I, I think Spire was a little less of a mascot, so maybe they didn't feel like their hands were quite as tied. But yeah, True. They, like, it wasn't the face of a console, and I feel like it was a little bit more fantastical in nature, which allowed for no. uh, this company who developed it to kind of play around a little bit more with that, probably. Like, they probably had to take some safe precautions when they're doing crash bandicoot because it is the face of playstation one it was the face of that and if they take too many risks with that and they fuck it up yeah there would have yeah, been which no is, I think is why it kind of looks like no future in, games yeah it it looks so much like the original game like it looks so much like it it's just kind of it does you know it just it's, it's a very very original it's game. like taking yeah. a picture with your 2007 razor phone and then taking the same exact picture in the same exact location with a brand new, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Google Pixel yeah. or an mm-hmm. iPhone. Like, it's the yep. same thing, um, just updated quality. And I feel like, yeah, for me, that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm happy with it. But I, I, think, I'm, I think I was more blown away with the Spyro remake, obviously, because they've had a few years and updated technology. That's part of it. But also because... They were, they were able to play around with that a little bit more. One of the things that, like, was blowing my mind is, like, the difference in dragons. Like, you, you know, that's one of the things that you do when you play Spyros. You're reviving these dragons in the first one. And just to look at a side-by-side comparison of, like, this very, like, like spread face, like, play-doh spread face like <laughs> dragon because that was the quality of the polygons and everything during that day to now where there's just so much detail like there some of them they were like putting hats and they were giving the dragons mustaches and stuff like that and it was just like they're like they're really taking some like creative yeah. liberties there but it's awesome and i think they were able to do that with yeah. spyro because it's not as much of a mascot or an idol at that point well it's, it's funny too because uh like I didn't know that it was that drastic till I started googling and I sent you guys those screenshots. I'm like, holy shit, they really yeah. A lot of it is yeah. Like if you're just going off of the feel of it, having played it before, it, like Shay was saying, a lot of the original polygons really really low poly count, not really that impressive looking. But the feel of that game was amazing. The animations for Spyro yeah feel so lifelike. Like just seeing him bounce around like a happy little dog almost like this the way the way he moved as a dragon was magical at the time yeah and i feel like this kind of gives the update that you'd need for it to still feel magical um like every world i get to i'm i'm 100 <clears throat> i'm 100 in the first game with my wife and every world we get to like we just got to the swamp world last night or a couple nights ago and like I've, every world I get to, I'm just like, holy shit! Like this game looks fucking so magical. It looks so goddamn magical. Yep. And mm-hmm. I and my, my, I haven't touched yep. the other two, but my daughter's been playing the skateboarding section in Spyro Three for like three days. She refuses to play <laughs> anything else but the part where Spyro skateboards. And I was like, God, that was definitely when Tony Hawk was a thing because there's a whole there's a whole <laughs> Spyro section, yeah, right? Where he skateboards everywhere. That's kind. That's kind of cool to like go back to those older games too and see, like what was popular at the time you go to crash bandicoot three warped and like that's when they started introducing not only coco as a playable character but they started introducing levels like you're doing like a wave runner level and you're like oh jet moto is popular during that time or you're doing a motorcycle level and you're like well road rash was coming off of its 
popularity and that's when motocross games started getting popular and it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see kind of like those other things <laughs> like leak their way and like try and make these ips like draw them out to keep them fresh and while trying to hit other popular points yeah. but i think i think it's fair to say that uh what what are they called toys for bob is that what they're called yeah that's the company, the company yeah i think it's fair to say that they uh breathed new life into this series I agree with that. Some might say they awakened a sleeping... Like, uh, it's not really sleeping, they're like in stone. Okay. It's damn good. I recommend that trilogy to anyone. Just for Spiral 1 alone. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. Uh, I just... I, that game is just surprisingly amazing. We played a lot of VR too. I know people have some sort of a... a a difficult time handling VR talk and whatnot, but we don't talk about it that often. And uh, it was interesting because that's one of the things when someone visits me, I love to get them a chance to experience VR because I have the headset and it's like a big, it's like a carnival. Everyone puts on the headset, they like to try all the games. So I was um, Shea Sherpa. I was his VR Sherpa once again, just like I was a Sherpa for Fish and Josh. <laughs> Sorry, I got to I gotta interrupt you. I, I I just saw you as like a carnival barker <laughs> saying, "Try, come on, step right up, get over here, and try out the new VR." It's especially the with him having you try the Russia Blood game too, yeah. which is a, pretty much a carnival game in yeah. itself. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I didn't. I think I tried to get Josh to try that, but he wasn't interested. But Fish played that one before. But yeah, that's the pack in. That one came packed in with mine. It's like a an on rails like roller coaster game. Um. Like a horror I'm gonna tell you, it's more fun than I expected. Oh yeah. yeah, I just don't know how I'd feel about that if I weren't on a date with Barrett. Oh, no, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny Bring about that. Bringing back the final <laughs> <Yeah>, thing. That was good, Josh. You know, it's funny about that, Shays. You played like the tutorial mission. I didn't even get to show you the really cool shit, but we had no time. So it's true. That game is fun. That's a true. fun game. Yeah, it's a- like you had it's an a angry baby. I did. That Russia Blood is just one of those games I always forget exists, but it's like actually a super good implementation of VR. But I wanted to find a fun way to pose this to the audience. I said, um, if I had to throw down on one of those PSVR kits, I'd be most curious about Resident Evil 7 or Astrobot. It did come back surprisingly, 61% said Resident Evil 7, but we actually got to play some Astrobot, which is a game that Fish and Josh also tried. Shay tried it for the first time. He did like two or three, four levels, something like that. Um, I think I tried about three or four levels. And what did you think about Astrobot based off what you expected it to be and what it actually was? I think it's a really fun game, and I think that a lot of people missed out. You know, I heard when Rich and Josh and you were talking about how you feel like it's a game that's going to kind of go under the radar, unfortunately, because not enough people have VR. And I... Having played it now, I absolutely 100% agree. I feel like that's kind of like the next. If VR was to actually become a more popular thing, I think that's the next progressionary level or evolution for those type of action platforming, action adventure games, because it was so mm-hmm. much fun. And just, it, I was telling Morgan about this, it was like a beautiful mixture between like Mario 64 and. Um, Jumping Flash and Little Big Planet. It had all these like influences there, but it made 
like we were talking about in the previous conversation, it made it its own game. And obviously a big part of that is being on VR, but the game just had so much personality in it. And yeah. I really enjoyed what little I played of it. And I hope that it justifies another one being released because I could see like I could see myself wanting to get get a VR headset just to play those games, man. They're so much Astrobot is so much fun. I was not expecting to like that game as much as I did. I thought it was going to be just an average VR game, but it looks really good too. I was surprised at how good it looks. He became obsessed with the chameleons. <laughs> he became mm-hmm. obsessed with those. Yeah, those the in- chameleons, I think, are probably one of the best additions because it's 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 enough to kind of keep you invested in the world around just the little platform that you're running across. Like, it, it keeps you looking around at everything, which is really good i think it i think it was it's essentially the same thing as like all the hidden stuff in moss where you're kind of like leaning over this diorama trying to find hidden little bits of stuff but that that's the player space and whereas this one was like they could be anywhere it's just look around the world find these hidden things on your way through a level um and i i feel like that was a way better implementation as far as getting you to feel like you're in the world. Um, yeah, th- th- those, those are great. I feel like that, that mechanic itself is something that I think a lot of other, you know, if, if not exactly that, people, people need to find a way to get you into the world and make you look around more instead of just, you know, playing a game and you happen to also be in VR. Just make you feel like you're yeah. there. I agree wholeheartedly because realistically, and I'm sure you guys talked about this, I can't remember, you could run through those levels in Astrobot super quickly. But by putting collectibles in that and Moss, like you're saying, it causes you to look around and spend more time in that world. And we'll talk about, obviously, Moss in a little bit. Um, I'll, st- I'll stick with Astrobot specifically. But yeah, it keeps you looking in the world and... That that ability with the headset to obviously like look around and peek around corners comes into play because like sometimes you have to do that as you're fighting enemies or you're looking for the chameleons and mm-hmm. that's that's the next that should be the next progression and evolution in gaming is you know actually implementing the full VR effect while you're playing well, and they did it so well with Astrobot and I, part of that is because of the chameleons. They I'm telling you there are. There are a lot more VR games than do that than you would think. I didn't have time to show you guys everything, but I promise you, like, from uh, Job Simulator, which allows you to basically play around in these virtual spaces, to even, like, Rush of, uh, the Russia Blood game that Shay tried, they make you, if you want to find all the hidden stuff and, and you're scared because you're looking around, you are looking at every crack of that. Or you're on rails, but you're looking around everywhere. So I, I feel like there, games can do it better, but there is a lot of it in the space, at least in the handful, like the 10 games that yeah. do it the best, I would say. Um, and hopefully No Man's Sky can carry that on as well. Speaking of which, Josh segued right into Moss, which was a game Shay had been waiting to try for a very, very long time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I wanna tell you right now, that game alone seriously is making me contemplate get a VR headset just for that game. I don't care how mm-hmm. short that game is. Man, I I remember booting that game up and I was just I was in awe. Like I was talking with my father about it when I went home that night 
And I was like, dude, I know I told you not to get a VR headset right now until more games come out, but I was wrong. I was like, this game alone <laughs> is just breathtakingly beautiful. It the the only the only other time I've ever experienced anything like that is like walk like last year I went to Wakayama Prefecture here in Japan. And I'm sure I'd experience it more if I got out to some other places here in Japan. But I went up to Mount Koya here in Japan and just there were just all these trees and it was like it felt like there was this kind of like ancient energy because I went to this giant cemetery where all these ancient Japanese people had been buried and there's these monk shrines and there's these monk ceremonies happening and it just kind of felt like being back there in a way like just being in that in moss it felt like there's just kind of like this ancient primal energy and as you're looking around in the world and interacting with it it was just so fantastically magical and I like I didn't want I honestly wanted to play that all night and um I could I could have played that game all night like just being in that world like I had no problem spending like 15 20 minutes in one small area just looking at everything and all the detail they put in that game um mm-hmm. god it's that game is so gorgeous and it was fun I mean it's simplistic in nature it's like a, it's kind of like a glorified uh, Mr. Riven with a little bit of combat thrown in there in some regards, but do you remember where you got up to? Gorgeous. Do you remember where you got up to before I cut you off? I know you beat the first area, right? The first little chapter. I did, yeah. I did the first little boss, and then I think we started going into the next area because looking for his uncle, if I remember correctly, looking okay. for his uncle who went off. Mm-hmm. Got we met up with some people, and then I had to cut. We we cut off at that point. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's a short game, five or six hours or so, but it's like Fish, if I, w- I watch Fish and Josh finish the whole thing in a couple days, and it's, yeah, it's 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 definitely, you can get Moss and Astrobot in the same VR package. I, I just think that's insane when you think about it. Like, that's just, yeah. deals don't get much better than that for people who are thinking about it, you know? So, I don't know what people want at this point. I mean, Astrobot and Moss in the same. Oh, I think people are waiting for it. For I think people, a lot of people were waiting for like the next PS VR headset to come out, like the one where it made the 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 headset actually a little look a little bit better, so those little dots aren't on the screen, or to reduce that whole blur effect to make you feel less dizzy or less of a headache. I admit, you know, after playing like a couple hours of it, I had a, a tiny bit of a headache. Um, it wasn't a bad one; it was a minor one, but. I think a lot of people are waiting for that technology, and I think that's kind of like that circular or cyclical argument that we, or not argument, but discussion that we had last year when we talked about VR, is like, in order to get higher quality equipment for that, there has to be a want for that there. There has to be enough people buying it. There has to be enough demand for the supply to come. But in order for people to want to have that demand, um, yeah, they, you know, there has to be good enough technology and quality of equipment in order for people to want it. So it's kind of like a who's going to jump first type of thing. And I know PSVR has done decently well. Um, I think it's sold like, what, 6 million units at this point? Yeah, that's what I heard, yeah. Something like that. But 
I I don't know, man. I wish I wish more people would get into VR, especially now, because I think there are enough games now to justify buying that. And especially like like we were talking about with No Man's Sky coming to VR, depending on how extensive that is, that alone even could be worth it because that game you can play it for a long ass time. And especially if you're Forever. playing with if you're yeah. able to play with friends in VR too, that's it's gonna be insane. Like oh, I, I can't, can't I couldn't imagine like the four of us just rolling around on a planet in VR together. <laughs> we're all we're all in VR headsets in our houses, just like <laughs> uh, that'd be comical. That'd be very crazy to pull off, but I hear it. You know, it's uh it's funny because I had to adjust when first Shay first started, I actually I didn't have to do this for Josh or Fish, which makes me wonder if maybe they were missing some of the visual acuity or maybe their eye positioning is very similar but with shay it was a little blurry at first so i had to go into the settings and like change the eye position and then he said it looked yeah it looked great so yeah um, i messed with the setting but it didn't do anything uh the headset does not work with glasses so just for those going into it they just uh i don't have like massive nerd glasses or anything like they're fairly small frames and it just never worked well um. Yeah, you may it, not. It have really made me wish that I brought my glasses, contacts. But you with are me. a massive nerd. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that's probably more of a contact. That's true. That's an interesting thing to think about. Like I don't have to think about that stuff, but it's <laughs> it's fair. Um, sorry, Shay, I didn't mean to step over your massive nerd joke. Uh, that's <laughs> all right. And then, but to be f- it was a shit joke, anyways, which is why you stepped over the shit. <laughs> I tried to avoid it. Y- yeah, yeah, you don't want to get that stuck. Um, but yeah. to be fair, Shay, you might have had a little bit of a headache just because I was putting it through a gauntlet. Like, I bet if you had just stuck with one, you would have been fine. But, like, poor Shay was just kind of like, all right, next game. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then I think the last one was Thumper. Yeah, uh, it was like, I didn't make- I'm starting to get a rhythm on Thumper. Okay, we got to move to the next game now. <laughs> but I'm just getting into a rhythm on Thumper. <laughs> Fuck, all right. Yeah. Well, he had a Thumper. He really enjoyed Thumper back in the day, so I wanted him just to get a taste of what Thumper was like, because it's very, like, Thumper's almost too visceral for me in VR, because if you, if but if you get, like, nice big headphones, and you turn the lights off, like, Thumper is, like, like, that was one of the games that Fish tried when he came up here, and he may or not, may have not been on uh, drugs, and he was just like, poof, 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 and he was, he was getting into it, man, I was like, Fish was like, you gotta buy this, so I was like, alright, I'll buy it for Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I love that game, in VR. I I don't know. I haven't played it in regular mode, but I'd suggest against in VR, it. But oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It kind of sucks. Well, I didn't like it mm. either outside of VR, Josh. I liked it a lot more in VR. Now I'm still not hot on the music itself, um, and the way that game is is acquired taste. Yeah. But I will say this, Josh, is me and you both agreed about our thoughts on Thumper in VR. It was definitely I got a lot. I think I got to like the sixth or seventh level. Like I I was getting into it. I was trying. I was mm. enjoying it. Um, because it's like the weird, like sort of space opera, psychedelic stuff. We're on that big rail and see those big, weird, mm-hmm. like spider monsters in the background stuff. Like all that stuff becomes more visceral and interesting. Yeah. It's completely ignorable whenever you're not playing in VR. Cause it's not around you. It's just a background thing. Yes. But, but um, yeah, did you dig it? Did you dig uh, thumper in VR? What you played Shay or? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think it's like it's one thing to play it on screen. Like I remember when we played, what is it called? Ch- Child of is that Child of that Eden? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eden Light. Child 
Child of Eden? I think it was I don't remember which is which. Yeah. One of them one of them is like a side scrolling RPG and the other one that's is Child that of Light. Yeah, that's Child, Child of Light. Light. Yeah. yeah. I always get the two names confused cuz they're so similar. Yeah, I think Child right. of Eden love- is like the rhythm ish. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like game it's kind of like kind of like that with like you know the connect. Like it felt like it was fun but it's still on screen but to see Thumper like in a VR setting was a little bit more intense. I, my, my one thing with that is I wish that there was a little bit more kind of going on in the peripherals to kind of throw you off, you know, or to kind of add to the world. But other than that, mm. yeah, it was a fun experience. It's much, it's like day and night difference playing it just on a normal screen and playing with VR. I enjoyed yeah, it a lot really. more in VR. Yeah. And mm. especially, um, <laughs> especially putting headphones in. And I partially did that because, uh, Morgan's child was unhappy, and I was like, "Oh, if I put these in, I'll get more sucked into the world," <laughs> you know. But um, other than that, no, it was it was it was a very fun game. I enjoyed it a lot. I kept uh, trying to share Shay when he, I kept trying to scare Shay when he's playing uh, Rush of Blood. I would just like walk up and try to grab him. Like, <laughs> I don't think it worked. But I was trying. You got me the, the last time you did it. You got me the last time. It's fun. There's a lot. There's I can make a list for anyone out there who's interested. I've like about my like seven or eight favorite VR games are. There's a lot of good stuff there that'll keep you busy. Mm-hmm. Um, until No Man's Sky comes out, so it was fun. We had a good time. I enjoyed. It was fun. I, I one of the things I weirdly enough being a VR Sherpa enjoy the most is like watching other people try VR games because I've yeah. already experienced them. But like seeing other people check them out is like oddly satisfying for me because I remember what it was like when I first did it. So it's like it's like watching someone have sex for the first time. It's like yeah, it feels good, huh? <laughs> yeah, it feels great. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You know, I don't. I don't watch people do that. But fair enough. I I, I get the analogy. <laughs> Have you bought um Doom or Skyrim and played them in VR yet? Skyrim is one I wish you could have played, just because you love that game more than I do. Uh, I did buy Skyrim and ended up trading it in just because it didn't do anything for me. Um, but I, if you have a strong, strong affection for Skyrim, it's basically that, but transferred to virtual reality. So, and it played fine. I played it with a controller and everything. So. For me, the older games don't translate as well because it's like, this is very clearly a game from 2011 in virtual reality, and it's very distracting for me because it looks so And that's kind of what I figured. Hmm. But, you know, there are it's, there's zealots out there that uh, seem to enjoy it. What was the other one you asked me about? Skyrim and... Doom. Oh, Doom I haven't just because I, I don't like the control scheme they have. So um, I don't like the games in VR that use the jump around controls where like you aim to mm-hmm. a spot and you jump to that spot and then you aim to another spot. They do that to prevent dizziness, but it's like, I don't really get dizzy. So like, I'd rather just have the controller. Let me do whatever I want. Right. But with doom, you have to jump to a spot, shoot almost like a, like an arcade game. And then you jump to another spot and shoot and they have ways for you to spin around quickly and stuff. But the controls, you can't play it with a controller. I don't believe you have to play it with the, uh, sticks. Um, yeah, an... that would mm. that doesn't really sell it for me. No, it just seemed like, and the things I heard about it were just like, this is cool, but nothing amazing. So, eh, I've uh, I'm I'm big on the control. Like, I like games. Like, I think the the sticks are cool if they're used in interesting ways, but I like games that use the traditional controller um, for movement. Uh, I That's don't fair. like jumping around. So, uh, it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Try. I wish you could have more time to to play stuff, but I'm glad we get to sample them. Yeah, we got we got a nice healthy dose of different games. 
I enjoyed it. But Moss Man, fuck. That was like, I knew, like, when I put that on my most anticipated list at the beginning of 2018, I knew I, I knew what I was doing putting that on there. I knew that game was tailored for me. And um, I really, really, I'm heavily considering getting a VR headset just to play that game. Well, if you did, it comes with Astrobot and Moss. That was me and Fish's number five game of the year on the Chompcast. Right. Re- Resident Evil 7 is still the pinnacle for me. I will say that personally. It is still the pinnacle. Uh, let's move on to some other polls uh, really quickly here. There's the Game of Thrones, one of the biggest entertainment um, premieres in the history of anything. Like Josh is laughing at me over there, but it's true. It's going to be taking place this Sunday. 71% of our audience said they are looking more forward to the epic narrative, but 30% of our audience said they're looking forward to the epic nudity. So, um, it's not bad. Man, I would not have pegged 70% of our listeners as liars. <laughs> I just, I, I would not I have. I would peg 0% yeah. of our listeners. Oh, there you go. Well, hmm. yeah. I mean, why uh, would you if you have your own cock? It's true. true. Yeah. Respond to that. I can pull a requiem for a dream type thing going out there. Um, I could be Jennifer Connelly. But uh, speaking of epic nudity and Game of Thrones, our sponsor at Sassy D Merch. That's right. You go to Instagram at Sassy D Merch or SassyDicks.com. They sponsor us, and they actually have a new uh, winter is coming. Of course, you know they're pl- they're. It's it's too easy. You have to take it. That's the tag, you know. Yeah, no, I can't blame him for that one. Oh, it's too easy. Nice shade, like that. Yeah, Uh, that is that is Morgan's motto. Mm, That's right. (laughs) Uh, They did. They basically did an entire throne made out of dicks. That's right. It's the Iron Throne made entirely out of um, phallic images, and it is phallically phenomenal. Uh, So you should go check it out if you want to see him talking about what an Iron Throne made out of penises. You should go to at Sassy D Merch on Instagram. Uh, like I said, they do incredible stuff, and they took the chance to sponsor us. But they really do some great, uh, f- as they say, fabulous dick art for friends and family. That's right, dick That's art true. for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You could get socks for your little ones. Mm-hmm. As uh, in your aren't little, they having a new your character pop ones, up too? Your, your member. That's your little one. That's the. Socks, fish, skin. Um, they have a they have a new character that popped up, but it's like in a shadow, so I don't know who it is yet. They Uh-oh. they reveal them much like Smash Brothers characters, where they're like a new challenger is approaching, but uh, it, I can't tell who it is yet. But I'm sure it's mm. going to be good. It's going to be good. So at Sassy, D- I wonder if oh, I almost uh, <laughs> I almost made a really bad joke. No, that's my favorite kind. Um, <laughs> this one was too much. Too, too much. much. But yeah, so if you're listening yeah. to the podcast, just go to Instagram, add Sassy D Merch, give them a follow. Uh, mean the world to us to support our sponsor. And the very end of the polls was just the quick tally of the winners that won our Smash Brother poll. Um, Hollow Knight defeated the Dead Cells dude. And then uh, Meat Boy defeated Celeste. And Cuphead barely, barely... Defeated a mountain? That's... How did that happen? <laughs> I... why, was, why was a mountain in the running? No, it's the Celeste character. Right? Yeah. That, which, which, of course, we wouldn't name, because why would we use their name? Celeste! That's the name of the mountain. Her name isn't Celeste? What's her name? 
What is her name? Madeline. Oh, fuck. Good God. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I don't. I agree with them. Paying, I agree with them. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd want to play a mountain in well, a fighting it, game. It was of course, right then again, picture, so. you, you love playing Ganondorf. So, <laughs> they could be a, good. A mountain that swings. Well, the cool thing is, if they had her as a character, her Dark version could come out. And, like, you know, some characters have, like, their alternate or, like, a weird shadow version or something that comes out. They could mm -hmm. do a lot of cool stuff with her. So, I, surprisingly, though, Meat Boy got the love there, uh, squirting around in his little meat trails and flying all over the place. I, I was really thinking if they did something like Meat Boy or Hollow Knight, if they could play with the size, Josh, I know it'd be difficult. But think about how small Pichu is. Yeah. Half that. Go even smaller. So, like, but make it really strong. But, like, if you smack him, like, twice, he's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? The hard thing with Meat Boy is... I feel like they could make him tiny, but you need to kill him like eight times for it to actually count as a kill, for it to be yeah. Meat Boy-esque. Just all these that's... little Meat Boy corpses. <laughs> that's great. Maybe huh. that's his trick, is that like you mm -hmm. have to kill him several times. He yeah. splats and disappears. Yeah, he's just like ridiculously uh, easy to kill. That's incredible. And it was really, really close because Hollow N or, um, Shovel Knight's very popular, but mm -hmm. Cuphead just barely beat. It was like 51 to 49. I'm not even kidding you. Mm. That's how fucking close it was. That was, that was damn, that was almost a tie. That was almost a fucking tie. Um, but Cuphead and his little quirky straw prevailed. And that was tough. Honestly, Hollow Knight got dethroned last week. I just threw it in there for fun to give him some love because of the show today. But technically, Hollow Knight was already defeated by Shovel Knight. So Meat Boy and Cuphead shall carry on. <laughs> Sounds um, like a good matchup. That does sound like a good matchup. Um, anyways, those are the fun polls. I'll continue those, uh, next week. Just, they're just, we're kind of doing those for fun, but the, uh, big game of discussion that also inspired the show is of course, Hollow Knight. Now we didn't want to leave Shay out of this discussion, so I'm going to throw it to him first because he, he kind of started the Hollow Knight train again when he was playing this la a couple weeks ago. Um, and I'm going to go set up my kid with something entertainer while Shay launches us into some Hollow Knight talk. So take it away, Shay. Okay. So. You know, when I went back to visit my family, I had incredibly bad jet lag. I think the second night I was there, I couldn't fall asleep till 8 a.m. So I had nothing to do. Like, my family's sleeping. It's the middle of the night. I had nothing else to do. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to pop in some Hollow Knight because it's been downloaded on my computer. I've been meaning to get around to it. And I, I, I remember Josh saying that basically... It was a little longer of a game than he expected. And I didn't think about that until after the fact. I was like, ah, Hollow Knight can't be that long of a game. So, I'll, you know, I'll just <laughs> pop it on. Probably beat it in a few nights. I still haven't beaten the game. Let's, let's make a note on that right now. I'm almost done. I'm, like, finishing a few, very few things. Uh, as is the trend of me, yeah. I put something away when I'm almost done with it. Because that's how I roll. But, no, I, I booted it up and... You know, at first when I was playing it, I did not, I, I enjoyed it moderately, but I didn't love it because um, it it really harkens back to old older style games where you're mm -hmm. kind of thrust in the world. They give you a little bit more of a tutorial than older style games, like tell you the basic buttons, but then you're just in this world and yeah. you got, you really got to do the exploration like older older generation games where you got to talk to people that you encounter in the world and it's kind of like 
it's kind of like Hades, um, in that the the story comes from talking to people and yeah. searching things. I think I think it's a little bit more natural in this game than it what than it is in Hades. But I don't want to shit on Hades. I'm just saying that like there's a little bit of that comparison there. Um, so that's kind of like where you get the grasp of what's going on in the world as you start talking to the different characters. And by doing that, by exploration, you figure out certain things. But it wasn't really grabbing me yet. The art direction was great. The music is solid at this point, but it's not. It's just not grabbing me. And I'm just struggling with exploration in the game. And I think that was the biggest thing that was barring me at the beginning. But then, you know, I had mentioned yeah. it to Josh, and he's like, just get get like one of the little nodes that allows you to see yourself on the map and start finding the maps. Once I started doing that, I really got into the game. It really clicked for me. Um, I just needed that little push to be able to know where I was at and what was going on. Because, to be honest with you, for some people, maybe they can just wander through a world and know where everything's at. Some people have incredible yeah. photographic memories. I'm not one of those people. I forget things super easily. So I need, yeah. I need a map, or I need some form of log to be able to keep track. And with older games, obviously you had to write this shit down, but you know, now we've mm-hmm. come so far in gaming that I think it's kind of like something we expect. We kind of take it for granted where we're at now versus where we were. So that map yeah. system really, really brought me into the game and it it really clicked with me. And from then on, I've I've loved the game. Uh everything obviously, once I started liking the game, I really started appreciating more everything about the game. I really did. And um, one one of the things I've really liked about the game, and that way it gives you guys kind of a talking point, is I've really loved the different mechanics in the game that um, you can use. Um, Like all the different special attacks and moves that you can do and how creative you can be with that. Because some of those bosses in the game really require you to know the different skills in detail and how to use them quickly and i think i think that it's been one of the more enjoyable characters to kind of control mm-hmm. for for recent memory well it's weird at first because it feels it's intentionally kind of stiff but it doesn't feel bad stiff but he, he feels like kind of like the way he jumps the way he slices it's all very like fast very controlled and yeah. yeah yeah like it's, and it kind of throws you off because like the like i was telling josh last week the first enemy has the big club when you he's he's not the hardest thing in the world but you realize really quickly you have to go right up smack him in the belly and then find a way to get out of his range really fast with this jagged little tiny character and once you kind of get the flow of the of the little what is he like a little bug beetle or whatever he is i don't even know what he is what is he supposed to be he's a bug but they don't really yeah he's kind of supposed to be fairly nondescript i think because um he feels like kind of like an arthropod of some sort yeah. Anyways, it's like it clicked with me initially because I love the way it felt, but it feels a little bit stiff intentionally, and that's odd. Uh, you, it's it's fluid, but also kind of <laughs> not fluid. There's and it's, not, hard it's, to... it's its own sort of thing. There's not really acceleration in the jump. Um, like you pretty much fall at a set speed, and once mm-hmm. you kind of get used to that, you can do a lot of really cool stuff. But it does. It feels strange at first until you get used to it. Because it's its own yeah. sort of thing, but it's it's 
it's a moveset. I, I mentioned this before, but you can do a lot of like sequence breaking stuff because the the way the movement and combat system kind of plays off itself is really cool. Like the way you're able to reset your double jumps and stuff that you're able to um, basically attack bounce off of stuff by yeah, down attacking yeah. on things. That's cool. Yeah, bouncing on spikes to get to secret areas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool just depth to the movement in the game that it will surprise really, you. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird secrets. Like just today, I had a bug got killed in an elevator shaft I was in. And I didn't even know that could happen. Mm-hmm. Like he got trapped under the elevator and it just squished him. And I was like, oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. There's like a lot of funny weird stuff like that. But I agree with Shay. Like initially, I had trouble getting into it because of the navigation and i i I didn't look at anything on this game beforehand so after me and shay talked about it i looked online and that seemed to be like this game has incredible reviews and people either love it or hate it but the biggest thing that turns people off is the navigation in this game you have to buy an item to see where you are on the map and that just fucking sucks man especially compared to like older it's it's a it's essentially a souls game they don't even have maps you have to hold the whole thing in your head um yeah, but the essentially all games... the exploration in this game is the same way. You don't get yes. a map until you've explored an area. Yes. Um, so you, you, you still have to try to hold the area in your head, but because the world is so massive on this one, like once you've explored it, they give you a map so you can mark stuff and know, okay, I need to come back here once I have an upgrade or something. Um, I think it feels more confusing than those games because it's in the 2D Metroidvania style. Yeah, There's it's a harder to hold a 2D look... space in your head, I think. Yeah, well, a lot of the areas look kind of similar. I mean, they look really cool, but there's there's definitely areas that look very similar, and it's like a labyrinth. But like in mm-hmm. the the Dark Souls games and like Bloodborne, maybe it's because of the 3D space. Everything feels easier to memorize for me, or more memorable, yeah. I guess. At least for me, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, and like I don't understand physics very well. Obviously, biology major, not a physics major, so. <laughs> I what I might what I might say right now is completely wrong, so take it with a whole bucket of salt. But for me, I know that like when I'm trying to gather a sense of direction, because I'm terrible at having a sense of direction, which is why in a game like this I need a map. Um, you know, I look around not just at one location. I'm like, okay, if I need to remember that this building is here, I'm gonna look directly ahead of me and see that it's by this. I'm gonna look. To the left of me, notice another landmark, note, look to the right of me, and then look to behind me. And just memorize exactly all these different little landmarks to give mm-hmm. me an idea instead of just one. And for me, that helps being able to have kind of like a 3D picture. Now, I don't know yeah. the physics behind it or like the... I guess that would be kind of biology too, like the the, the physiology and anatomy of the brain and how that works, you know. Um, that is biology, technically, I guess. <laughs> but um, I wasn't a brain biologist. I wasn't studying human biology. So I don't know exactly how that works. Maybe maybe it's easier for us to me- memorize 2D. Maybe it's easier for us to memorize 3D. I'm not exactly sure. But I agree with you, Morgan. It's It's more difficult for me to kind of pick out a location. And like you're saying, Josh, because the map is so big... I was struggling with that at first, but once I got that map, I really liked exploration yeah. because I could I could notice like okay I haven't discovered this little location like you could see it's like blacked out but there's a little 
path leading to it. Yeah. And then I can memorize, oh, that's right. It's because I don't have the double jump yet, or the, the jump yet that allows you to sprout wings. You know, I mm-hmm. don't have that yet. So I can't go. Yeah. Or, oh, now I do have that jump. I can go back to that location. Or now I have the sprint. I can go to this location. Yeah. You know? and it th- allows you to orient <clears throat> yourself a little bit better. But sort yeah. of. It doesn't show you things though. Like you can mark f- it. Like you have pins that you can put on a map, which I think I think is the big thing here. Like, and this is you're younger than me, so it may not have even been a thing for you. I had to read maps as a kid. Like you want to go someplace, a map is how you get there, and so reading that in particular is like I, I get it. Like I almost never use the compass in that game. That little that node that I was telling you about. Yeah. Unless, unless I'm going to a new area, because in the new area, it shows you where you are, even if you haven't discovered the map, so you can use it to put a pin somewhere. Like, okay, I found somewhere I can't go. Let me put a pin right here, and then once I have the map, I've already got a pin in the right spot. Um, whereas otherwise, you'd have to hold it in your head until you find the map, and then go back and put a, try to put a pin in the right spot for memory. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think the compass is a more useful when you don't have a map at all, when you're just a dot on basically a blank screen, um, for, for, you know, it's like putting a pin in something until later. Um, but yeah, like I, it, it, it's, if you can't figure out exactly where you are on a ridiculously large map without something showing you where you are, it's, I, I can completely understand why navigation would be just ridiculously tough in this game. Like it is, it is not, it is not handed to you at all. It's, it's, it's something you're going to have to kind of well, it learn. Goes, it goes even deeper than that too. Like, cause I, I, for the most part, I'm loving the game. It's sort of a nice barometer for me to find out how much shit I can put up with, I guess, like irritation. Like it's not even bad design. It's just intentional design, but there's some, like, for example, after I beat the, the Hornet, I spent like an hour trying to figure out just where to go. And I finally had to look it up. And what it was, was, there was you get this dash ability, and there was just off in this weird side room at the very toward the like first area of the game. There was this little ledge that was just a little farther than what looked like a normal ledge that I guess you had to dash to. And there wasn't like it's not like in Metroid where like you open up the map and you're like yeah, oh, there aren't any the colored doors. Yeah, so yeah. So I I had no idea where to go, and I spent like an hour looking for it. And then, so yes, if you're just wandering around exploring every nook and cranny, and you enjoy that aspect of it, but like I just wanted to get to the next place. So I've, I've just been kind of beating my, and like, there's some parts where the game well tries to alleviate some things. Like if you beat a, like a major sub boss, um, they won't come back. And then like, if you hit a switch or something, those doors stay open and stuff, but they make you backtrack a lot. Like I was trying to beat this boss today in the city of tears and I had to like backtrack through like eight screens to get to it. Every time I died, the boss was fun. And it like, honestly, I only died three times on the boss and it, like, I honestly thought it was like super fun, it was badass, it was epic, but, like, just running back to it every time just got annoying, you know? And, like, I'd, I don't know what to do with that shit in my head, because part of me, I love the art style, I love the music, I love the gameplay, but part of me just kind of gets frustrated, like, running through areas over and over and over again and having trouble getting lost, and I don't know how to split that out in my brain, like, because I just, I, there's a lot, well, I just, you know what I mean? I... I, I've been fighting, the the part I'm stuck on right now is you have to fight the Hornet a second time. I don't know if you've done the second Hornet fight yet. No. Um, She's much more difficult the second time around. And I've been struggling with that fight a little bit. Um, I haven't beat it yet. So one of the things that I actually think about 
when I'm doing that is, you know, um, you have to, if you go immediately right into the fight again, you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be annoyed. You're not going to be able to kind of calm down and just, you know, regroup, you know, and to me, that's kind of what I think about when I'm passing through that stuff again. It is a little bit annoying because sometimes you you know, you're trying to rush through because you're trying to get back and you get nicked and you're like, well, I need to be saving this energy um, to basically fight her or yeah. fight a boss. But it also like during that time, it gives you a little bit of time to kind of like think about okay, while well, as you're getting there, you can be a little mindless and you can be like, all right, what did I do wrong in this fight? As you're moving through to get back to the boss. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did this wrong here. I did this wrong there. And allows you to kind of calm down and regroup as you're getting to that area. You know, so instead, maybe it's just like kind of a perspective shift. Instead of being pissed off that you have to do it, just kind of view it as a time for you to decompress and think about, okay, what did I do wrong in this fight? Well, some of the areas just getting back to the boss are fucking tough. You'll die getting back to the boss sometimes <laughs> if you're not careful. That um, is also true. That is also so true. It, and sometimes you'll just die in dumb ways. Like, you'll just fall off a cliff. And it's just, the game is intentionally difficult, which is fine. But when they make you traverse back through the, all I'm saying is there's a lot of small things, the maps, some of the traversal, uh, some of the bench placement that are all designed to make it more difficult. And I think people, some people really appreciate that. It's just sometimes it's tough for me because I, I just find myself getting frustrated. Like, I'll like, oh, I'm one more chance and then I'm going to fucking throw this thing in the fucking river and then I'll beat it and I'll be fine. <laughs> Like, I can't You're tell me how drive to the Missouri River yeah. just to throw it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, sp- specifically the Mantis boss um, is tough for, for that reason. It is a long, long way to get back to that boss if you I'm die. Clo- am I close to that one? I think I am. I think I'm close to that um, one. Have you seen any Mantises yes. around? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're only in the one spot. So okay. if you're if you're in an area with Mantis, you'll eventually find that boss. But it's it's a long way. Well, there's these floating enemies now that benches. that disappear and they throw these projectiles at me, like just getting from place to place. I'm just like fuck, like because you you get to the point where you're getting better. Oh, at the level, are so. you talking about the one that like splits it in three directions? The fire one, the one that splits the fireballs in three directions. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, I th- I think so. It's in the place that's covered with rain. I'm at the place right now. It's a really cool area. It sort Little of looks like of a bug bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, well, and it's weird, because I guess they, the lore reason behind that is that above you is a lake that's dripping, um, because mm-hmm. why would it be raining underground? But it's a really cool area. Like, right. and even like that one, when I walked in the inner sanctum, it was like all this crazy organ music. It was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is fucking yeah. badass. Um, it's cool. The, but man, if it it's the same you. enemy we're thinking about, though, that enemy is fucking notorious for being the worst enemy in the game, because actually, I'm going to admit this. That's the one enemy I've had trouble with. Like, the bosses, sure, whatever. They're bosses. I can deal with that. That's my own thing. But that that enemy with, like, the three fireballs that it fires off in three directions, and they're fast as hell, it was annoying the fuck out of me. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go look up a strategy to figure out the best way. Yeah, the middle one always these. aims exactly at you right after you hit them once. True, so. true. It's just it happens so fast, and there generally is, like, three or four of them in an area. So, you know, if yes, you're like, well, yeah, I don't want to fight this, I need part, to escape yeah. to get to the boss, which is kind of what Morgan was talking about earlier, and then suddenly three of them are chasing you at different locations, <laughs> it's really hard to fight them, or it's mm-hmm. really hard to evade them, and I think that that enemy kind of reminds me of, like, 
and this here is the Hades comparison that uh that stupid crystal enemy in Hades that we hated yeah. because it just felt uh, to me it's that there's that. not really a way to interact with them other than running around yeah, yeah. right and well, to me like the enemy in Hollow Knight is a little bit easier than that one but still it just feels so fucking unfair I hate that enemy well and, but, and the currency yeah. system yeah, in the game I don't feels... think they're that bad except they send they tend to show up over large pits and stuff an awful lot. So yeah. it's like, and the, yeah, yeah, it's not so much the enemy itself is as much as they're placed in spots where they're annoying. Where they're annoying. Like well, I don't like, feel like the enemy itself is as bad as just the penalty for them hitting you is often pretty drastic. Yeah. Well, the frustrating part is yeah, like there was just one area with like five things with spears that were flying around. They and there was like five of them in a room. Like so, what I did the most frustrating thing for me is if I take my time and I slowly kill every enemy methodically and carefully over the course of like forty minutes, and then I die, and then I die maybe going back to my body. I've lost all the currency, but I wasn't even. I'm just more irritated because I wasn't even using the currency. I feel like is completely optional because I I have not. It has not helped me at all. Like. The only thing I bought that was helpful at all was like an upgrade to my strength. Like all the stuff that they sell, I tried, I bought some of the map stuff. Like the map issue was only part of my frustration, to be honest with you. Um, like, I feel like you don't even have to really engage all that, that uh, currency hunting if you don't want to, because the game, you can beat everything with just your very basic self. You know what I mean? And a lot of the stuff I saw was like weird items I didn't understand or like pieces for the map. And I'm like, I don't know why I would want this or do I want to like hide and then run back to the top every time I do this with like, I just, I don't understand that the system isn't working for me. I don't get it. Um, or I get it, but yeah, I the money isn't even... super useful. Like it's necessary in a couple spots. Cause you have to buy a couple keys or one key. I think I'll have to buy one. Um, do you? Okay. But yeah, it's not, like all that stuff is pretty pretty optional, but it's all nice. It's just you know like little upgrades here and there. Um, a few of the trinkets doesn't sound right. I can't remember what they're called, but trinkets. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. They're like brooches, Char- but I can't yeah. remember exactly. It's not trinket or brooch, but it's something along the anyway. Um. A few of those are like super useful, but they're all playstyle dependent, like the, how you want to play the game. If you want to mm-hmm. use a bunch of spells, um, like probably my favorite one in the whole game is the one that lets you not knock yourself back whenever you hit an enemy. So you can kind of have just a slight bit more control over your movement when you're hitting stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's probably my favorite single upgrade in the game. Um, like there are other really good ones too, but like that one is. Just really nice for fighting, especially those air guys, like you're saying, so you don't have to worry about, you know, any sort of knockback or anything whenever you're doing air attacks, especially. I I don't, like I said, I don't sound too complaining about it. It's just that I love exploring the world because it's interesting, all those weird places and those weird worms that you collect that go back to that worm place and they throw, shower Mm -hmm. you with money and stuff. Um, Like, there's a lot of cool... Like, I love the little secrets of the world. I just feel like the game kind of punishes me sometimes when I'm trying to explore. And I don't know how to come to terms with that in my head because I, I want to explore it. And I guess technically it isn't any different than a lot of the Souls games. It's just, it's very punishing sometimes. And yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can be. Charms. Um, charms, that's it. Yeah. Got a lucky charm. Um, but Sorry. 
<laughs> but <laughs> we'd get there. You, you um, fight through it because, for me, the reason I've been fighting through it is because I do enjoy the combat. I do love the world. Yeah. I do love the music. I feel like, oh yeah, as of right now, it's worth fighting through for me. I'm just worried something will distract me. But as of now, mm-hmm. I've been chunking away at it like an hour a day, and I've and I've really been enjoying it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the it's... world of those things that you mentioned pulling you through. Like this is yeah. one of my favorite worlds in gaming. Um, it's just it's it is so good. It is so so good. Every area um, feels vastly different. I will say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. There, I wish, I wish I knew. Like when I first started, I thought it was just going to be like you know how a lot of uh, stories where there's like bugs or like small creatures, they're using like human stuff. And because mm-hmm. the main character uses a nail, I thought it was going to be a lot of that. But it's kind of a weird mismatch because the world itself is just small things created by the creatures. I assume, like yeah, you use a it's n- not so much that you're. I don't exactly know why it is a nail, other than just whatever. Yeah, but. Basically, everything else is made by people of that scale. It's not like yes. you ever encounter, oh, humans have been here or something, and you're this bug. Like, th- there's basically no mention of of humans, humans at all. Like, it- it's essentially so why it's is a, there a giant it's nail. Not like, you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Like, I I thought it would have been cool if you to come across weird, like like there was this weird dark fantasy sub bug world thing going on, and you find weird human trinkets, and they're like worshiping them or they don't know what to do with them you know i thought because there's like a giant egg at the beginning well you're gonna have to finish the end of the game to uh, see if that's mm-hmm. what really is happening well josh already told me that it's not there oh not as lot, such josh. but anyway yeah i want to know what's in that egg i want to know what's in that that giant egg at the beginning mm. you'll get there yeah that's only that's do. like halfway through the game oh that's is it probably less than halfway through the game oh maybe i'm close then it's hard to get any scale of time because I don't think the game counts it if I spend like an hour making no progress. I don't think the game really counts that if I turn it off. So I don't really know. But they do they do, do the nice thing. I don't really count hours for progress anymore, especially on Steam, because there's so many times where I'll pause leave the game, game and I'll pause the game and leave it on. I got to go do something and then yeah. I come back. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I have it on the Switch. Yeah, that Steam yeah, played so. time is like ridiculous on right. most of my games. For some yeah. reason, it says I'm only at like 60 hours. It says like I've for 100 plus hours. Yeah, I know yeah, I'm exactly. I'm like, I'm like 60 hours in a Sekiro, and I'm like, I've not played it that long. I, I just, I'll, I'll turn it on and play it with the, you know, like watching the kids or something, and then you end up pausing it and setting it there for an hour yeah. or something, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not 60 hours into like an 18 hour game. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think you my five. Don't shame me into telling me I played this game way longer than I should have. You? Yeah, and speaking of that, I need, I probably need to take my turn on Wargroove. <laughs> no, you actually don't. You took your turn. I guilted you into it, and uh, Ryan does. Yeah, I think we're still waiting on Ryan from that one turn, like weeks later. I don't. I don't know if he's. I'll message he, him he about may, it then. Yeah, I, I, I figured he was just done. But anyway, this does sort of hammer home more in reinforcement. That's that. all right. Maybe you and I can just play. Yeah. One day, Shay, you definitely. <laughs> if they ever come out, if it's ever, I know you got a lot on your plate right now. So one day. When you get a chance to finally play Super Metroid, I think you'll really appreciate it because, like, this game is... I played Super Metroid. You f- like, ten minutes of it, right? I went... Uh, no, I played, like, an hour and a half of it. You're saying the whole thing. That's fair. But well, playing yeah, it from it, start to The whole thing's, like, an hour and a half. No, no, it's not super long, but... I mean, like, the beginning is basically you run from the dragon, and then you go to... I mean, that's a, it's a... It's a twister like this, but it's sort of like the game that spawned it all, so I think it's, it's important yeah. in that way. But yes, this is, okay. it's a, it's, I highly recommend it for 15, 10, $8, whatever fish said it was on Xbox. Like you can't beat it. Like 
the art direction is just so unique and the world is so unique yeah. like oh i can beat it and i will beat it well that's true <laughs> yeah yeah especially since all the dlc for this game have been free patches and they're like it is so much stuff so much yeah. stuff to do in this game like it was an amazing game when it first came out and it's like double the size of the game oh, that originally re- released we're talking about hollow knight still yeah, yeah hollow knight yeah, I, there's so admit, much cool content that they added in. I tried that fucking Coliseum. My God. My God. <laughs> the Coliseum? That shit was fucking hard. Holy yeah. shit. Well, the, the Silk Song <laughs> is coming out soon, too, and that's the, like, sort of pseudo-sequel, and it's, you play as Hornet. Um, and it's, it's not really a full sequel, but it sort of is. It's, like, all new environments and stuff, they said. Have you seen that, Josh, Silk Song? It is a sequel. Well, I mean, it's just... Like, it's not in the game, it's... Uh, yes, it just it doesn't feel necessarily as, as, as grand in scope as if they waited a couple years and made, like, Hollow Knight 2, but technically, yes, it is, I think, a sequel, right? I don't, I don't know yet, I'm just telling you from the trailer I watched, it looked more like a really expansive, almost like, um, like that Far Cry thing I'm playing that was, like, $40, and it was, like, not as ambitious as, like, a whole new Far Cry, but it is technically a sequel. Because they use some assets and stuff, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, we'll see. I get, it looks cool, though. Silk Song. Silk Song. Hopefully my body will be ready for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with it as long as I can, because I still am just enjoy- I want to see. I want to see more. It's almost like the Bloodborne thing. It's not quite as magical as Bloodborne, obviously, for me, because Bloodborns don't go on trees, although Blood Oranges do. But, um... It's kind of got, you know, you put up with the bullshit because you want to see what's around the next corner. So, I've been waiting to say Blood Bloodborne doesn't grow on trees. God. I've been, waiting to say blo- I've been waiting to say Bloodborne doesn't grow on trees for a long time. So, mm. um, anyways, let's wrap it up. It's been a long one. It didn't even seem like that long of a show, and then suddenly it was. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're going to get the hell out of here. So, we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about next week. Uh, and me and Fish are going to be beating our meat to game of thrones this weekend if you want to check out our side podcast we have evoking the sublime and in the blood evoking the sublime and in the blood check them out if you're a fan of the show and of course our patreon page patreon.com slash for all sorts of magical goodies thanks again for people that commented the topic of the show idea to our good friend and patron um cosmic pop tart and uh let's get the hell out of here we will see you next week for an all new chomp cast